Did I count that a little too fast for you guys there? No, I'm good. Nope, that was I'm perfect. good. That was, that was excellent. Uh, I, I, re- I, re- I realized how it was like, usually it's like three, two, one, go. But it was like fast, double speed fast, this week. For fast is good. Um, if you're too slow like Jason was at one time, then, then we have a problem. You would think after... Uh, the thing was Jason went like three, two, one. Oh, that's no. Yeah, no, I, 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 uh, down. I manipulated time, so it was not constant. Yeah, um, which you would think after between quarantine and regular, after what two hundred forty episodes of our podcast, I would know not to count down inconsistently. But here we are, nine years later, I'm still doing it. No, it was, it was, was it no two thirty four plus eight two thirty five so plus eight two forty two episodes? Yep. Did I do my math? Right? I think so. I don't know why Denny just came into mind. But anyways, uh, welcome to Quarantine Chronicles Episode 8. I am your host, Kevin. To my virtual left, Jason. Hello. To my virtual right, Angel. Hello. And we had, do we have a show for you? Uh, do, do we? We are going to, we are, <laughs> we, I, we do because we are going to have the Wheel of Fate decide mm. uh, how we're going to do our topics. Today. Oh, hold, hold on. I got to play the wheel changes. Jason's uh, worst okay, nightmare. How can you make a transition when you don't even know what you're transitioning to? Ah, uh, challenge accepted, Angel. Challenge accepted. Technically, uh, does the wheel count as a transition? The wheel is like the transition. Wheel. Well, well, the, the wheel it's is like the a transition. Hard, it's more like a but, hard cut. But it's also a transition, yeah. and we've used it. A hard, cut, a hard cut is technically a transition. True. Anything that literally transitions, whether good or bad, is a transition. Yeah, it's not like a it's synergetic not like a transition is what I'm saying. I do love me my synergetic transitions, but yeah, we we uh, we did a grab bag thing on the normal uh, Ram Nintendo once or twice that worked pretty well. So I am I'm familiar with the concept of not overreaching with my weak transitions. So I think I think I'll persevere personally through this. Yeah. Um. So, uh, do you guys want to get into it? How would your guys? How would your guys' week first of all? It was, it was pretty good. Um. I, mean, I don't know about you guys, but like. Weeks for me feel like hours, like entire weeks feel like hours. Like, I don't know if it's because yeah, no. I'm just enjoying, like, work has been going well. Like, everything is just, I just feel so busy. Everything is just, uh, I don't know, like, I can't believe it's already Friday. Like, let me put it that way. By the time... You're actually physically going to work, though, right? You're not working from home? Yeah, so I am driving to work. Like, my work from home station is at my sister's house. Which uh-huh. it's really nice, cause um, oh wait you're not it oh you're not actually going to 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 the studio yeah to oh Santa no Monica. oh no, gotcha. no 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 yeah we we were sent home like a while ago but um yeah like it, it's just nice having a commute like I I get a nice separation from like work and home and I still get to develop a routine like I literally have everything set up so that. Even if when we do go back, um, we'll get to pretty much still continue. I'll still get to continue this routine without any kind of interruption. Like I make sure I wake up early. Just a a way more, way more traffic. Yeah, that's the only thing. (laughs) So like I still, so I still like account for that in the time I wake up and when I leave and all that stuff. That way, even when we do go back, the traffic won't cause me to have to wake up a little earlier or leave a little earlier, that kind of stuff. Do, right. do you have – because I'm also in the same boat as you, Angel, where like – I mean my my commute is um, 10 seconds down my hallway. So it's not quite the same, but like I've gotten into a routine where like I'm actually 
like I'm so used to this now that honestly the most like quarantine lockdown work from home be at home thing I have felt was us doing that sync up at the start of this episode make sure we were all remotely recording at the same time like besides that everything's kind of normal now it feels like. like this is just the thing but do you get the feeling like now that you're getting used to this I feel like Kevin since you say time's going so slow for you probably not but Angel do you get the feeling now that like when it's time to go back there's almost like a weird anxiousness of like what's that gonna be like like going back to the old routine going back where you're not just like doing things kind of at your pace but you're like stuck in traffic or you're you know in an office with other people or i'm not saying it's a bad anxious but they're just kind of like it has like a foreignness to it well it used to be the at home part felt foreign like it's kind of it's been so long it kind of like flipped do you feel that at all no because since i still have the commute it still feels like i'm going to an office and everything still feels honestly kind of the same like, the only thing that I'm kind of missing is just the nice amenities and, I guess, walking over to talk to someone as opposed mm-hmm. to just sending them a message. I do miss so, snacks. Yeah. I miss having snacks in the office. Obviously, there's snacks at home, but, I, I, you know, me or my family pays for those snacks. In the office, they're free. So <laughs> so I do miss that. But, no, it, it is weird because, like, for the most part, I feel like um, I've gotten so used to this that the idea of, like, oh, having to – go to the office and be at a desk where people can just come up to me at any time and kind of interrupt and like not hope my employer's not listening not being able to like constantly be checking twitter like all that's gonna it's i've gotten so used to that now (laughs) that's gonna be weird going back to the other way around you know yeah yeah but i mean how's it for you uh kevin because you're saying that time is not going slow for you or going fast for you oh man it's just i don't know just days bleed into the next it's just really bad hmm. in general it's just yeah i found that but, and i know on some level you do it but i have found that um having like routine virtual get together stuff like the podcast we do or, like angel and i have a couple game nights we do like with different people throughout the week like that actually really helps to give the structure and not have it like bleed as much because just being like, oh yeah, today's Wednesday. It's this game night. I get to hang out with these people virtually. Okay, it's you know Friday or Saturday. We're recording this show. Like that structure has really helped keep things sane for me, especially at the peak of quarantine yeah, where yeah. I wasn't going anywhere. Well, now I'm sort of going places a little, barely, but a little. Yeah, but but like unfortunately for me, work is very uh, chaotic when it comes to scheduling me. Mm, so that's what that's what that's what keeps me from from having too much. Uh, too much of a uh right of a, yeah, yeah so. I, I could see that really messing with something because i mean yeah the consistency I, I would say is what really really is helping mm-hmm. and, and and i mean i don't even really mean the word helping just making all these weeks just fly by yeah like it feels like it's like monday when the day starts and then by the end of the day it's like wow it's already thursday geez i mean mine's not moving that fast but it's you know it's <laughs> it's moving <laughs> but, but to be fair i mean i do kind of have like my week scheduled like kind of to the hour sometimes so like oh yeah the, the, your calendar every time that, that we would go over you'd have a, a full month calendar laid out yeah I and it, and really it helps us have a bunch of activities like friday like i've mentioned before on the podcast we have like my movie nights where we watch a movie we've never seen before like today mm-hmm. for example being bill and ted wednesdays um jason mm-hmm. and some other friends friends of the podcast actually they, um, they, they, one of them has we, been on the podcast. Yeah. Um, we play Splatoon and sometimes Rocket League and some other games like every Wednesday. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like a little, yeah, it's like a little switch get together. Kind of like you see how they're doing. It's funny because like, one of them lives in Texas, another one lives in Simi Valley, another one now lives in Long Beach. 
Roth. Yeah, what's funny about that is like I feel like those guys. Like I don't know if here's another thing that I don't know if you guys have experienced with quarantine. Have you found that people that you maybe didn't hang out with as much in real life now that you're all kind of at home, you're seeing like we're hanging out with our friend in Texas virtually way more. Uh, The guy that lives in the valley, like he's not that far from us. The valley's not that far, but still, like we're we would see him maybe a couple times a year. Now we're playing games with him weekly. We have a, on Monday nights, there's a Twitter friend of ours who we play Torchlight 2 with on Switch now. And that's someone like we'd see once a year at most when he visited LA. Like, have you noticed that like kind of people that were distant are now closer in a weird way? And in some cases, people that are closer now almost feel more distant. Uh, yeah, there's a little bit of both for sure. Um, definitely a lot of just seeing I guess my regulars that I've wanted to have more regular are becoming just that. Yeah. Like before, um, like that friend that we mentioned that lives in Texas, like I used to play games with him maybe like once a month or once every two weeks, but now it's literally every single week. Actually, it's been for the last couple months, it's actually been twice a week, like every Wednesday and Saturday evening. But Saturday evenings sometimes involve a bigger group, so... And that and that was there's fun. That, that that's something I almost missed from the very 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 beginning of quarantine. If there's po- if it's possible to find a silver lining in the pandemic and miss something, it was knowing in those first you know six weeks, let's say, that everyone was at home and everyone was kind of free, and we were able to do like like uh, you know Zoom or or one of those sort of video based uh, platforms, like twelve of us all together all playing like a Pictionary or a, or a Cards Against Humanity type of game or something like that. And it is like literally the the full group. Like it's very rare, I feel like, if you have a big group. You know, you mix and match who you see in it, but you have everyone be part of something. is like that was kind of cool knowing that at least for that sliver of time, in the worst of circumstances, there was that silver line that like we collectively could have all our friends all participating in the same thing at once. We could all be having a drink and playing some games and – Sure, we were remote, but like I, it's very rare that we can get the whole band together, and that was kind of kind of nice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The only downside is that now it's hard to find time to schedule in for other things. Yeah, or at least like like other groups of friends that I used to see way more often, but now because I feel like I have something practically every single day of the week, now it's like oh, I'm gonna guess I'm gonna have to move this around or. Yeah, pretty much what you said earlier. That like some people are now becoming a little more distant. Right. At least with get-togethers, like I'm still obviously keeping in touch with them. Right. Yeah. Same. At at a more usual basis. It, it is fine though, because like kind of the expectations that come with it, like the social expectations of like, oh, I'm sorry, I can't, I'm busy. Like it's a lot harder to say I'm busy now because everyone knows you're just mm-hmm. at home. So like, what's your excuse besides I don't want to? And more of the point. There probably shouldn't be a stigma around someone just being like, I don't want to do anything tonight. Like, I'm good. But, you know, of course, everyone's like, but you're home. I know yeah, you're home. Jason. I know. Jason. I give you a hard time about it. But it's made me realize that, like, perhaps I should uh, ease up on you about that in general. That was before COVID that I mostly did that to you. You'd be like, oh, I'm, I just don't want to do anything. I'm like, why? But we're all here. And I was super naggy about it. But now I get it from the other side. I get it. And I apologize on record. Angel. <laughs> Look at that. Yeah. This podcast bringing us together. I know. What friends. <laughs> yeah. Uh, on that note, let's uh, <laughs> let's get to it. And for the first time ever since the inception of this podcast, I believe, uh, in the blog post, we have timestamps. The first time that Ooh. I say that at the beginning. <laughs> I thought you were going to say it's the first time we have timestamps. Like, well, I don't know about that. But yes, you are actually saying it when it's relevant. So that's good. Yep. 12 <laughs> minutes in. <laughs> yep. So, uh, okay, dude. 
<laughs> hey, twelve minutes is better than one hundred twenty yeah, minutes. 12, it's, it's before we actually got to the to the topic. So, so I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna count that as a win. I count as uh, a win as well, part. Kevin. I got you on this one. All right. <laughs> All right. So, uh, like I said earlier, we have uh, the wheel of fate to decide our topics. We got six of them on the docket, or I guess technically on the wheel. So uh, <laughs> let's spin this. I uh, were you gonna say something? Oh no, no, I was just laughing. Oh no, I thought I thought uh, Jason was. Gonna no, say I was chortling yeah, over why? here. When doesn't he? Oh, they, I I like a good chortle. Uh, all right, let's click to spin, and. It sounds empty on your side, but okay. I, we got. Are we are we gonna insert a sound effect there, or are we just all gonna silently be like it's spinning? Uh, we'll 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 see. Okay. <laughs> so, audience, you right. tell me what ended up happening. I don't edit this. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Tell them tell them in the next episode of uh of random. Yeah, or, or you know, so tweet me. Just tweet me at JSR Seven with a yes or no, and I'll know the context. It's gonna be random Nintendo Four D. We're gonna send everyone a little baggie with things to spin or. Watch your smell scratch and at sniff. a point. Scratch yeah, and exactly. Oh, God. Scratch and sniff of us. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, what's our topic? Uh, uh, I don't know how you pronounce it. Siren Zanmai? Oh, yeah. That sounds like Siren an angel Zanmai. topic. Is that an angel topic? <laughs> it is. Yeah. Yep. It is an anime. Can you believe that? Um, we, we like anime around here. We do. This is a very anime-friendly zone, except for Jason. He seems to... I don't dislike anime. Yeah. I'm just neutral. I'm <laughs> anime neutral. I'm... Yeah. <laughs> he thought, I just give me Pokemon and I'll... Exactly. I'm going to see how many times I can work Pokemon in that actually is relevant to the conversation. Because that's <laughs> I mean, all I, I mean, can that, do. That's obviously an anime, but I feel like it's so West... It's not even westernized. Cardcaptor. I'll figure out a Cardcaptor reference. It's so imbued in the Western culture that I feel like it almost doesn't count as like an anime. If someone says, "Oh, I watch anime. I watch Pokemon," it's like, no, you were like that's just Channel Five. Well, well, yeah, that's like I read books. I read Harry Potter, which, to be clear, is the most of book reading I do. Every oh yeah, Yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, when we mean do you watch anime, we mean do you go out of your way to watch anime? I went so out of my way to watch Pokemon. (laughs) <laughs> no kid went out of the way to watch Pokemon, but <laughs> anyway, but uh, so yeah, um, Saran Zanmai or Saran Zanmai. So I, as you guys know, for the past couple of weeks, I have been kind of indulging myself in a lot of slice of life shows. I remember saying that I needed a break from like the more fantastical side of things, but I decided I now needed a break from the slice of life kind of stuff. And I say that as I'm on episode 74 of a 99-episode long slice of life anime. But that's beside <laughs> the point. That's only because I already started it. Um, which is really, really great, by the way. Definitely talk about that one in the future. But I just needed something weird. I needed something to remind me, like, what is anime? Like, what, like, how weird can anime get? Something that you can only really find in anime. And I think I succeeded a little too well. So, in a nutshell... This animal, this animal, well, it is like, you know, this beast this of an beast anime. Of an it, anime. <laughs> it's only 11 episodes, but it's essentially Ooh. about the balance between desire and love. That's like kind of like what the focus is. Like desire is something that everyone has. It's typically portrayed as something evil, but it's a monster of the week. That's like the format. Every week there's a new monster. The heroes have to fight. They take it down and then it just kind of rinses and repeat. Now, that's kind of what you get from it, if especially what I mentioned about the, like the at its core, it's about like desires and love. Like that's kind of what you get from it if you're kind of paying attention. If you're just watching it casually, 
um, you're going to be confused beyond belief and probably and definitely disgusted, confused, and disgusted. maybe angry. It's the kind of show that, like, if someone walked in on you watching that, um, yeah, I don't, I don't know what they would think. Can I, but, can I object? I mean, can, I, can I butt in real quick? Um, you called it an anime, and you're saying you're getting tired of normal anime, and you're getting tired of slice of life anime, and you're trying to find this other type of anime. Are you subtly saying this is hentai? No. no <laughs> it seems like you perfectly maybe, maybe, maybe it up. Maybe it wasn't clear earlier, but <laughs> I needed a break from fan, like fantastical style anime, so I went to slice of life. Mm-hmm. Now... I needed a break from Slice of Life, so I went back to Fantastical. I wanted to find something. Like, like adult fantasy? Like hentai? No, just, just, just back <laughs> I know, to continue, what I used to I know. It's just everything so you're saying is like setting it up to be like, and then there were tentacles. So No, it's, this, is, this is not a hentai. Okay. This is, uh, I don't know. If it's, I mean, I guess it's for your typical anime age. It's like young adult, I guess. I mean, it's definitely not for kids. I'll tell you that, even though it looks like, if you look at promo art for it, it looks like a show for little kids just because of the characters. But in a nutshell, um, let me just give you the basic premise. Um, so three boys break a kappa statue. In case you don't know what a kappa is, it's like a Japanese um, Japanese folklore creature. It looks kind of like a frog with a beak and a lily pad on its head. It's Kappen from Animal Crossing for those on the familiar on the Nintendo side of the spectrum. There you go. Oh yeah, he is a kappa. Yeah, he's kappa in. So, See, it, they it's kappa in. It's a pun. Ah. Yeah. So there are these three kids. They're having some arguments, and then they run into the statue of a kappa that falls over and breaks, releasing a the the kappa prince. And they call him a frog. It gets mad at them, and it decides to eat them ass first. And then it does a dance Excuse where me? it then wears it, it. It then lets itself get worn by the kids as like a skin suit. It does some weird kind of dance. And then it extracts the desire from a gland in their anus, and that's kind of portrayed in a silhouette. Sorry, you said this was not hentai. No, it's done. <laughs> okay, I don't want to say the word. I don't want to say the word tastefully. There's, but... there's ass eating in this show. <laughs> but uh, it's literal. It's for young adults, it, it's, not it's, children, but young adults. It's literal, but I, I feel like I, I have to show you a clip later. Mm-hmm. But yeah so this is like the transformation sequence like the sailor moon transformation into her superpower mode like the kid this by is how getting they turn their ass eaten <laughs> <laughs> yeah by yeah by getting eaten by some kappa demon getting yeah getting worn as a skin suit and then can, getting pinned to like a goopy wall kind of thing can, and then while they're and then they're like i guess desire orb gets sucked out of them Okay, a few things. One, I need to ask a fifth time. Are you sure this is not hentai? And two, I retract uh, Cap'n being a reference I made because I feel horrible <laughs> associating Animal Crossing with anything close to this. <laughs> so after this transformation sequence, they all look like pretty much your typical like Japanese like cute design for a Kappa. It's just like it pretty much – they still kind of look like the three – well – they're Kappas, but now they just have, like, a wig that matches the kid they were before. And if they wore glasses, now they have glasses. So that's how you tell them apart. So then they ride on a rickshaw being carried by the frog prince as they get debriefed on the current demon that they have to vanquish. And the demon is always something, I guess, desire-related. Like, in one episode, a bunch of soccer balls were getting abducted by these ghost things and... The demon was, I guess, absorbing all these soccer balls because, I guess, um, uh, 
their desire, I guess, is just to, they're pretty much masochistic and they just want their girlfriends to just kick them in the balls over and over again. And I guess I cheat him. Again, this is a normal anime. Oh, God. This this is, it's funny because this is all portrayed in very, like, kind of cutesy, simplistic art style. It's a very, I mean, I I just is a very weird show. And then. I love that this is our lead for this episode. (laughs) So then when they, so when they confront the monster, they then bust into song. And. As they're singing the song and, like, I guess rhyming to it, they do battle, then they enter, like, a formation, they shoot, like, a giant gust of water, they end up behind the monster, and I think you know where this is going. Um, uh-huh. they, so they now do another formation, and they kind of, like, rocket themselves, um, yeah, I guess up the monster's butt, and grab their the desire orb from the monster, and then they yank it out, and there's, like, water gushing everywhere, and then they go into, like, this water cylindrical inside of a wave kind of deal as they turn back into kids as they're like riding it like surfers without surfboards Angel, and then they turn you're, back into you're gonna kids. get arrested for watching this you realize that right you're gonna like there will be a knock on the door by the time Where you're did done you recording see this, this. Song? is this on crunchyroll yeah it's on crunchyroll oh man all right well is this yeah, like some new honestly, virtual they, version? They just, they just <laughs> want themselves a subscription. <laughs> just, just watch one episode and you'll get the gist. But essentially, yeah, inside of the tunnel, they turn back into their human form, naked for some reason. And some then... reason. Oh, okay. <laughs> well, I, yeah, I don't know why. <laughs> I mean, at this point, I guess that's what's to be expected. And then um, for some – yeah, for some reason, that's going to be the my starter sentence for everything. Yep. And then for some reason, I guess like after, whoever – I guess grab the orb initially, then I guess get the deep dark secret revealed about them. And they're usually in the beginning like played for laughs, but then they just kind of start getting weirder and then creepy and then just really dark. I mean, like to give you an example, like there's like one of the first ones is like you find out that one of the the kids I guess cross dresses and he's been like cosplaying as a I guess some diva to I guess like get a bunch of followers or something like that and then later on i guess when you find out another secret you found that this kid has been obsessed with this other kid and he's been like seeking into his classroom and grabbing his recorder and i guess kissing it or playing it and yeah it, it gets weird and then later you find another kid like literally just straight up killed the man like that was his secret he just straight up like, shot someone with a gun <laughs> <laughs> yeah and you just went from oh one dirty secret. One secret is he kisses a recorder, and then next one he murders someone. That's a very big range of secrets. Yeah, like there's definitely a tonal shift, and it's just a very weird show. It definitely like it gave me like a nice hard reset on like okay, th- that's definitely an extreme. Like I think I've hit like the extreme side of what anime can be, at least on the as extreme as it can get without it being. I feel like any if it had pushed any further, it probably would have been considered a hentai. But everything, I, for lack of a better term, is done I still think it in might a tasteful be. way. I still think it might be. <laughs> I don't think you know what a hentai is. Then. No, I'm, I'm, but, I'm just I'm just saying it because it sounds insane. <laughs> yeah, and I mean something really interesting about the show is that the production values for the show are really really good. Like it almost looks like you're watching like an anime film, like like something with Do like you know a film budget. Is? Do I know who? What? Do you know who the studio is, the animation studio? Oh, man. I forgot the name, but their it, their title logo, like, it looks like something that was animated by Studio Ghibli. Um, oh. 
like they they apparently like just do really really nice work but you could tell like i guess how they get away with it because literally every single character except for the main characters which there are like maybe six of them um they're literally just like flat i guess like you know like in portal the silhouette people like they're literally all silhouettes of hmm. like you know i guess like warning signs so like when you ever see crowd shots it's just a bunch of like the exact same silhouette over and over again. They're not even like different silhouettes. They're just the same silhouette, copy pasted. Whenever you see like a room full of cops, it's just a bunch of those silhouettes, but with cop hats. Mm-hmm. Like, but yeah, you could tell like they definitely save everything for, yeah, for I guess for, I guess if you want to call them action scenes. For the detailed animations of reaching up someone's butt to grab their desire orb. Oh, they don't reach up in there. They straight up dive into. Oh, the I'm sorry, but they fully. <laughs> plunge into someone there you go <laughs> and you know and there's also i mean i guess i forgot to mention like the main villain of the show is like a a deep voiced otter who's just like a silhouette of an otter okay now you have my attention. evil i'm on board with and otter. and it speaks in otter puns like every other word that he says like oh you're like oh you guys are otterly hopeless like you think that but a lot oh no I, that it's got me everything time. else i that nope that that right there i'm in that's all it took. Puns. Yeah. So, puns and animals. I mean, it's weird. Like, I don't dislike it. Like, I see what it's going for. Like, it definitely has... It's, it's easily one of those enemies that could be interpreted in so many different ways. But I feel like get what it's trying to go for and... Uh, did it succeed? It's like, maybe, maybe Oof. not. I don't know. <laughs> it, is, it was just weird. But, I mean, I guess I did get what I wanted. I wanted just to see, like... I wanted to pretty much say, like, like what the heck did I just watch? And I think I got that and more. Because, I mean, it's not every day that you see, you know, like a show like this. I feel like it almost topped every kind of, I don't know, like, Western culture has a lot of, like, especially right now, like, in the last 10 years, they've developed a lot of cartoons that are very um, random humor, like, random, lol, trendy like, just being random to be random kind of humor. Like, a lot of those cartoons just kind of have that. Like, Teen Titans Go is a good example of that. Um, the new Powerpuff Girls tried to do a lot of that. It's almost like they're trying to be living memes. But they end up just kind of being weird sometimes. Like, weird to the point where you're just kind of like, huh, like, why Why did that happen? Mm-hmm. And, I don't know, it, it doesn't end up, it doesn't, sometimes it ends up not being funny or anything. You just get, it's just weird. Like, it feels like they're trying too hard to be weird. But the show disgusts you. <laughs> but you see, like, everything has a point to it. It's just, it's weird, but it has a point. I guess is what I'm trying to say. It's, like, controlled weirdness, but also you're never seeing it coming. But, yeah, that's a Siren Sanmai. Um, definitely, definitely got a recoil after that. The next the other shows I've seen, I've definitely won't ever compare to that. I watched it. But yeah, if you're ever curious, I'll, I'll make you watch the first episode at some point. I'm, yeah, we, we gotta watch the, I, the first episode at some point. Yeah, honestly, seriously. like because they are, it is very formulaic up until like the last few. So if you watch the first episode, you pretty much get the gist of the rest of them, like a good okay. majority of them, because they're like almost identical, like the same beats they go through. Hmm. Maybe the just watch the first two, but because there's also these two cops that have this really weird dance number that I can only describe as they're being very sensual with each other, but they're also like. <laughs> stopping criminals and then one pulls out the other's heart and it's like a ballet and it's weird so it's elite beat agents um, 
in a way. <laughs> kind of, yeah. It, it, it's weird. <laughs> it, it's a really weird show, but it's a thinker, I guess. <laughs> you could put it that way. So it, it's not. Like it's, so it's not the show that we watch. Yeah, it sounds like it's a thinker, not in a thought-provoking way. In a, you really have to think about what is that. You need to process what is happening in front of you, type of way. Yeah, yeah. It's like you have to watch it again, and be like, oh, okay, that makes more sense. But yeah, because there's a lot of stuff that also just over time it gets explained, but initially it just comes off as extremely weird and out of nowhere. But a lot of a lot of things do like tie up nicely, but still, you're still left with a lot of questions and. Like, wait, do, did this actually happen? Do do people acknowledge this? Did anyone see that, like, Godzilla-sized otter, like, ravaging the city? I was like, I don't know. Hmm. This is one of those shows. All right, it, that definitely has to be the first show that we watch when uh when we come back from uh, quarantine. Like, yes, oh yeah, yes, like, hundred percent, uh, absolutely. Whenever uh, that is. Right. 2028. Oh God! Please let it be soon. Human interaction. All right. Uh, nice. Uh, back to the wheel, and here we go. It's spinning for you, for you guys. I'm so glad we have this oh, wheel because there's okay, no way we can go from that show to any other topic without it. Yeah, to an ascending anime to uh to the killers <laughs> imploding the mirage which, uh, <laughs> interesting yeah um well depending on your opinion of the album i'm sure you can draw a line between the two <laughs> but yeah so uh yeah what so it came out um today the day we're recording this friday yeah. um it was supposed to come out in Ju- a long time listeners of quarantine chronicles all eight of them may recall in very, one of the very early ones we talked about the lead single caution and our expectations for the album at the time the album was supposed to be out like three weeks later and that got delayed and now it's finally out and uh yeah i think uh kevin you've heard it right and i've listened to it yeah i, I heard it i i've heard it once I, I heard it while i was at work today i've heard it twice so okay. I've, re- I've read kevin's impressions on twitter all right so what do you think <laughs> on that first listen kevin uh i think this is the killer's worst album wow coming in hot Coming hot, and I I didn't really like their fourth album, Battleborn, uh, and this one I just straight up dislike completely. Like all of it? No, not all of it, but it definitely has to me their weakest songs. I, I need to bring up the track list. Well, what's interesting is like they um this is actually their most in terms of like the reviews. This is their highest Metacritic rating of any album they put out recently. Yeah, which blows my mind. Right? I mean, I was gonna say like you you clearly dislike it, but can you see why a lot of people would like it? Or can you see like, all right, I see what they're going for and they succeeded in that, but this is not the killers I wanted. Or they just straight up sucked and everyone else is just done. Yeah, what is it that you... No, I, 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 I don't know. I don't know what it is. I don't know what, how this is their their most positively positive uh You know, I think... Album. Really? More than Room on Fire? Wrong band. That's the Strokes. I, uh, oh God. Yeah, I think you did this last time too. <laughs> yeah, no, uh, I know. They, they did, um, Mr. Brightside, right? Yeah. Yes. Oh, thank God. All right. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't 100% sure. Yeah, but they, uh, um, I, I, I think, Kevin, to, to your point, I think part of just getting so well reviewed is whatever direction they decide to go in here, which to me, it's, it's weird because it's like all the, I like all the singles a lot. There's like four or five songs that are released ahead of time. Not all of them, but I like the majority of them. 
and then the rest, I'm kind of like, oh, it's there. Kind of sounds like they're trying to do a Bruce Springsteen impression, but it's there. But, that's exactly it. That's where I hate about it so but, much. Well, I, I, go ahead. I'm like tired of 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 them trying to go for this Springsteen sound. They tried it with their fourth album, and how, Battleborn. It, at this point, I it's like fine it's okay with me their last album kind of wonderful wonderful one yeah wonderful wonderful kind of went back to a a less springsteen direction which which i admired uh it still wasn't it still wasn't as great as like their first two albums but you know it was it was starting i felt like they were starting to evolve past that springsteen sound that they loved so much for whatever reason and then they released this album. Like, nope, it's just, this is just straight up a Springsteen album with some uh, synthesizers. So I think I think that weirdly, that's partly why it might be getting so many good reviews. Not because it's straight up a Springsteen album with synthesizers, but like to me at least, sonically, it does feel more cohesive than some of their other ones. Like Wonderful, Wonderful. Like I like Wonderful, Wonderful, and How All Over the Map. Like The Man versus like. Um, some of the other stuff on there are like complete polar opposites. Yeah. Um, but this one, I think like, like there's alternating styles within the songs. There's some that are more like killery and more rockish. And there's some that are a little more like these Springsteenish slow ballad things, but with some sense. But I think like, like the instrumentation, the vibe, the aesthetic, like all that does feel cut from the same cloth in it to me to the point where like, even a song that I really didn't like, like I remember, I don't know if you remember when we talked about Caution, they had a second single called, um, I think it was Fire to Bone or Fire and Bone or something. Fire, Fire and Bone. Yeah. And that one at the time I thought was, I'm like, what is this? This is like the kill. I made the crack about the killer cycle. Like the first song's good. The second song's bad. You don't know what to think of the album. And then the album comes out and it disappoints. Um, this like Fire, Fire and Bone in the context of the album, I weirdly don't mind. I don't like it per se like it's still I, not I a fave it but it's stuck out like a sword really i felt like it fit to me a little because it's like here's a bunch of of springsteen and then now we're just gonna throw in some talking heads okay yeah like, actually we put it that way because you were coming from but yeah there was um yeah i don't know just to me something about i don't really know maybe it's the fact that it over guitars anymore so like there's not like random guitars flying around not that i would per- i would personally prefer that but there is like because they're so heavy on the synth I feel like it, it felt more like a whole package. And I think that's what people are resonating with. Cause if they do like that Springsteen direction it's going in, it's that with some like killer flourishes, essentially. Like the three singles or whatever. Um, or maybe not even singles, but like Caution and My Own Soul's Warning and the back half of Dying Breed after it builds up forever. Like those, oh yeah, have... that retakes forever. But once it once going. it hits that build up spot, I really like that. After that two minute like lull going into it, I do really like that tail end. And like those three songs feel very killery, but they're kind of through this lens of whatever this new Springsteen thing they're on is. So I think that might be why it's resonating, or that might be why it's being well that, reviewed because it is cohesive, even if it's not what we necessarily want it to be. If that makes sense, oh, man, hmm. I just, that's my take at least. Off two, no, uh, and 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 it's totally valid. It's just me. I'm just tired of them trying to trying to be Springsteen. Yeah, especially like at the I forgot what song. I think it was the last song off Wonderful, uh, Wonderful, Wonderful when he actually like name dropped Springsteen. Oh yeah, yeah, like, yeah. Okay, I think get over yourself, Brandon. It's. Uh, I think yeah, I think that was the last song. It's uh, 
have all the songs been written. I just looked it up on my phone. Yeah. Yeah. Which, yeah. I mean, and yeah. that was a weird album because it also had that random song about, um, Tyson versus Douglas, like the boxing song. That, that song, that song I liked. I liked the song, but thematically, like, what was it doing there? <laughs> like, it didn't, like, it's just like he's, True. you know, they're talking about, like, you know, he's the man, he's this bravado guy, that's one song. They're talking about, like, he hasn't, like, you know, have all songs written, et cetera, et cetera. And it's just like, also, when I was a kid, there was this boxing match once. Which is fine, but it didn't really like fit, you know. Um, yeah, I get you. Yeah, but I think I think yeah, and there's some weird stuff like you make the point about um, Firing Bone kind of being Talking Heads ish. With now that you mentioned it, I'm always gonna make that association. But also like they have a song called My God, and the second half of it. First of all, the second half of this album gets a little like it skirts up on being kind of Jesusy. Like there's definitely mm-hmm. some. Which makes sense. I think well, I think he's a Latter Day Saint or whatever, and that's you know that's fair game. Yeah, yeah, he's he's Mormon. Yeah, but uh, so like that's you know that's fine. But like, there's a song literally called "My God," and the second half of it, like I swear, every time the two times I've listened, it sounds straight up like uh, that song from Robot Unicorn Attack, like the song um, that they use. <laughs> oh, always. Yeah, always by uh, oh, who's it by? Eras- Erasure, Eraser, or something like that. Eraser. Yeah, but like that song. Like there's something to do with the note progression. I think it's the um, – I think there's a guest vocalist on it. I think it's that person who's doing it. But it's just like I can't not associate the two now. And that's on a Killers album a little out of place sounding. Yeah. So I, I do kind of see where you're where you're coming from. And um, I don't know. I think, I think my thing with the Killers in general, and this kind of goes back to the Killers cycle, is like they always felt like they were two bands in one. Like there was like – I don't agree with that. You do or don't? I do not. Oh, okay. Well, uh, okay, cool. No, but <laughs> like to me, say that Lincoln Park is like no, no, no. But what I mean is like to me, keep changing. I mean, Lincoln Park. I guess the most modern version of Lincoln Park definitely wasn't what early Lincoln Park that was, is and true. it definitely wasn't what they were in college. Well, that it's almost like they just became a different band. They just had the same people. Yeah, and and I, the Killers have that sort. of Pat, but what I feel like I noticed is, and maybe I'm, I guess I'm crazy because Kevin does a hard no, but, um, like I've noticed that they either do kind of like more rock stuff or they kind of do more mellow, almost more like dancey beat stuff. Sure. And yeah. then there's like no, maybe. like they always do one or those two branches. Like Linkin Park, yeah, they evolved like some crazy way where, you know, what's on hybrid theory sounds nothing like one more light. Um, to the point that it's actually kind of funny they're doing a 20th anniversary for hybrid theory. Really cool, actually. It's good. Like a two hundred. But Chester's not. But around. well, yeah. But they're doing a re-release with unreleased demos. And hearing those unreleased demos, I'm also like, what? This isn't the Lincoln Park I know. Even though it is literally the Lincoln Park that got me to the Lincoln Park of today. But it sounds so like like it's so like whiplashy from modern Lincoln Park that it, like took me a minute to be like, oh yeah, this is what they used to be. Um, but I don't. Yeah, I feel like I feel like the killers are always kind of staying on that one of those two paths, and they kind of bounce between those but, two paths, but they don't really like go past those two paths or combine those two paths it's always like one or the other it's i okay so i can kind of agree yeah okay so like hot fuss you know was like their dancey mm-hmm. was like dance rock sam's sound was was definitely more rock yeah and that's where they definitely wanted to to sound like springsteen and but at least those songs were all like the songs on sam's sounds banners and sam's sound got unjustly uh thrashed by by like the media mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. well uh, samstown was like a grower like i feel like hot fuzz like you listen or hot fuzz hot fuzz you listen to it and it's yeah. just like instant like like every single song even stuff like the slow like the slower stuff like you know and there was some differences in like midnight show and 
uh, Jenny was a friend of mine and all that, but they still like all were cohesively one thing and they were all like super catchy and they had really good hooks and they were just really like you were just right there. And like Samstown was definitely more of a, uh, you had to listen to it a few times and kind of get in the groove of it. Minus, uh, when you were young, which is basically like a B side of Hot Fuzz, uh, Hot Fuzz unofficially, yeah. but. When you were young. Yeah, that one. Yeah, that uh, one. And then Day and Age was definitely a more dance rock. Yes, totally. Going a little bit back to, back to, uh, the Hot Fuzz sound. But Battleborn and Beyond is, has just been nothing but Springsteen. Yeah, no, I, I, I agree. Yeah, Battleborn did it's not like, resonate I'm, with I've, me at all. I've been, I've been <laughs> yeah, Battle, Battleborn, I, I, I do not remember the last time that I listened to it. An okay game. Like back to back. <laughs> okay. Battle. No, it is not. It's not an okay, okay game, game either. <laughs> right. It's not. An Just okay don't game. name your King Battleborn. Try to make that. Try to try to make that a thing with us. And I refused. The fact is, if you're called Battleborn, you're just so setting yourself up for failure. Simple as that. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and then, anything related to Overwatch is setting yourself up for failure. Even if they're different types of games. Look at him trying to hijack our killer conversation. It's funny. Battleborn came out the same day or i picked i bought it the same day that i bought borderlands 2. where we talk about the game or the album at this point i'm actually the album oh, okay i was like i'm actually legitimately I, I vague, lost i vaguely remember picking up the battleborn album mm-hmm. and picking up borderlands 2 at a gamestop which is weird because then uh gearbox would then make battleborn the game uh Maybe that's where they got the idea. But yeah, like these last three albums, I'm just so tired of the Springsteen sound. Yeah. I'm not saying they have to I'm not saying they have to try to recreate Hot Fuss because that that's that album itself is almost like lightning in a bottle. Oh, totally. But um like just maybe day and age. Like day and age, I think, is has also been been unfairly maligned. Uh I love Day and Age so much. Their first three albums I love completely. But these these, I guess you would call them. To me, to me, these are the original trilogy. Yeah, of uh, Star Wars. Oh, I see where you're going. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I think. Um, I don't know, dude. I. Yeah, I think it's partly oh, like I think so disappointing. I'm so mad. I think they somewhat gave up on like not gave up, but I think on some level. I mean, it's funny because like on I'm on the same page as you. Like, I wish they did their old stuff, but then it drives me crazy when people are like, "I wish Linkin Park stuck to new metal." I'm like, no, I'm glad they evolved. Like, I I know your stance on it, but I love Thousand Suns, which is when they started doing more electronic stuff, and like that's my favorite album. There's and like everything after that is just like like the kind of popcorn like like uh, like rapid fire like songs of like living things. I thought was really good. Like one more light was them going full pop. Eh. I mean, I liked it for what it was, for, and I'm a total fanboy, so of course I did. But, like, I can see why people wouldn't. But, like, I never – like, everyone's like, oh, I wish they'd do new metal again. I'm like, nah, they're past that. It's never going to happen. But then with the Killers, I keep going, like, why can't you just go back? <laughs> Which, like, it's it's funny how, like, I – for one band, I completely understand why. And for the other band, I refuse to accept it. But it's the same yeah. basic demand. Yeah. Um, so in a way, like, you know, for actually for all the Linkin Park people out there, like I was starting to say, um, they are doing a 20th anniversary thing for Hybrid Theory. Which is I can't believe it's twenty this year, like that's insane. Like man, I feel old. But um, they're doing like this crazy box set with like it's like two hundred dollars. It comes with like three vinyls and five CDs and eight page art book and all this other stuff. But they're releasing a ton of unreleased songs. Um, some have been released to the fan club and through unofficial means. So I've had those because I'm a diehard. But like, there's like twelve or so unreleased Lincoln Park songs coming out. That for everyone, it's like I wish Hybrid Theory was like that sound was back. It will be in October. 
on a single release, at least. So if the Killers could just put out some B-sides of Hot Fuss, that would be fine with me. Like, if they just had some old demos, just polish them, mix them, master them, put them out there. Um, I will wait for the 20th anniversary of Meteora instead. Yeah, yeah, I could I could see that. I mean, I, I don't know. Um, like, it doesn't have the same milestone in a way, though, because, like, it's their second album. So they're not probably going to go quite as big, I would guess. It's the, the superior album. Anyways. Uh, <laughs> well, well, actually, yeah, Meteor is pretty good. But um, what was I going to say? Back, back yeah, to, back back to, to this album. Yeah, uh, yeah I, 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 I figured out a way of saying, of like, trans- I just now realize how I would have transitioned from Siren. How do you say it? How do you pronounce it? What? Siren Sandmine? Yeah. Oh. From, from. From now, from eating ass to sucking ass, the killer recording the mirage. See, I told um, you there was a there was a lot there was a connection there. <laughs> yeah, I'm I almost just, like coughed laughed because of that. Uh, they they were supposed to they were supposed to play here in L.A. next week before uh, COVID happened. Yeah, the uh, that that's a bummer. Speaking of things that like COVID messed up, I was like I was supposed to see the weekend a week ago, and I had the calendar alert go off, and I was like, oh yeah. Oh, not not doing that. <laughs> Instead, I had to watch him uh, on tick uh, like a, a bootleg stream of TikTok where he did like a virtual concert where he was animated and he was like had all these trippy visuals. It's kind of like a TikTok weekend version of Travis Scott and Fortnite. But like, like honestly, it wasn't. It is really interesting, in Gerald. Like how artists are kind of adapting right now because like it wasn't bad. They did some cool like interactive stuff where um like they had fans like vote on things to change the backgrounds or like pick the next song or something and they kind of simulate it by having like little people in the crowd shouting things like little speech bubbles coming up so it kind of had that feeling and then they did a kind of a neat thing where like if you were like liking it i wish i wasn't because i was watching a bootleg but if you're like liking it while it was happening like your name could appear in the background or at one point like if you press the like button enough it would like shoot like pyro off and stuff and the pyro would have people's names attached so it kind of captured the feeling of like a group of people collectively watching something and influencing it together like kind of the energy in a concert where everyone's being loud and super into it but way smaller scale but yeah it was it's very weird and i would much rather have a real concert (laughs) but i thought it was interesting I know that's a total random tangent, but you mentioned concerts. Yeah, Made me think yeah. of it. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, Once he pops, he just can't stop. Any, yeah. Do you have anything else to, to add about the killers? Um, the, the killers. All I'm gonna say is there are, like Aside I said, from like them three or killing my love for them. There are three or four songs in there I think are really solid. Um, we'll see the, if they have longevity. Um, yeah, there's. I, I agree. Like caution, caution grew on me, but I guess that's that's a little bit of Stockholm syndrome because. I was like, huh, Caution was the only one that I, like, I tapped my foot to, so I guess it's good. See, I told um, you. Yeah, but... Um, oh, I think I think, I think think the second track, Blowback, is like, Blowback and Lightning Fields, I feel like, are their worst songs. You know what's funny? It's they have, so much of the internet... too bottom. So much of the internet is loving Blowback. So the first time I heard Blowback, I was like, yeah, oh, no. God. But then, when I listened to it on the second time, I was kind of like, well, why do people like it? Mm-hmm. And, oh, like, yeah. <laughs> as its own... <laughs> thing like it's not like it's not a killer song but it is well structured for whatever it's supposed to be like it is a good song i just wouldn't call it a killer song or put the killers on it or have anything to do with it but like as an independent thing i kind of see why people are clicking with it uh i'm just i'm just done i i have no more expectations for the for them you know you know it's actually uh kind of funny these guys were like my my favorite band It, it was they're 
their show at the Hollywood Bowl during their Day and Age tour was my first concert that I ever went to. Oh, nice. I've seen these guys live three times in support of each album. Uh, had had when, when was this supposed to release originally? It was uh, June release... or May, May 24th or something May? like that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I'm. For all I know, I would have not gone to this uh, concert. Wow, that that's that yeah. says a lot. That, that's how that's how, that's how much like I do not like this album. Wow. Yeah. Um, it would have been the first one that I missed. Interesting. Interesting. You know what's funny is as we were talking about this, I got a text from my girlfriend. She's listening to it right now, and she's like, "Yeah, the whole thing sounds like Springsteen. It's twelve versions of Born to Run." <laughs> mm-hmm. So yeah. everyone's on the same page, apparently. <laughs> So does that mean like when the next album comes out, assuming they have another album, are you still gonna listen to it, or you're just gonna? Oh yeah, I'm I'm still gonna listen to it. It's one of those. But I'm not I'm not expecting anything amazing. Like with their with their last uh, album, the first song that they released was "The Man." I thought it was a it was a it was a good song. I, I like yeah, the, man. the man's a good song. I like the man. Like. Yeah, and then they released uh, "Wonderful Wonderful," which has such a dope baseline and i was like okay this album might be good and then the album turned out all right so that was fine uh but like the the singles leading to this album was like eh whatever and then listening to it i'm i just liked it even more than i thought i was was going to but i'm I'm still gonna listen to 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 whatever these guys put out but uh it's not like i'm going to be looking forward to a new killers mm-hmm. album the way I used to. It's more just you have your due diligence as a fan of the early days to see through their yeah. career. Yeah, there. I feel like, like my first band shirt was a killer shirt. Yeah, I feel like there's a lot. So, there's a lot of musicians where like they've drifted away from what I used to like about them. But every time I put on your release, I'm like, no, nah, I'm gonna give it a shot. And like, the worst feeling is when you an album resonates with you so much, and then the next album so little, and just like mm-hmm. that that the the wave of hype. And then the immediate like anvil drop of disappointment, like it's yeah. it's yeah, it's not great. Yeah, so I mean, at least at least I still have that uh that's new strokes album to to fall back on, which I still love. Um, even though the killers that destroyed me. Plus, like but, um uh, yeah, I guess that whole era of music, Deftones just put out announced a new album, I believe. Today, Deftones and then Bright Eyes, I think, releasing yeah, an album as well. Two thousand three is back. Yeah. Right. <laughs> um, cool. So that was a uh, Killers Imploding the Mirage. Yep. For everybody, uh, we go back to the wheel, and here we go. And then there's a, a spinning wheel sound. <laughs> Maybe. You, yeah. the you didn't even guarantee there would be one. Killer is the Mirage. I mean, All right, isn't there a song two, that goes baby. with this? Like, run and run it goes, where it stops, nobody knows, something, something. I guess. I don't know. Uh, it, know this. It, landed, it landed on Killers again. So, uh, uh, so yeah. So what do you think of Imploding the Mirage, Kevin? <laughs> so I think this album... All right, no. Uh, <laughs> let's see. My Decadence... Oh, decadence, decadence. Oh, okay. My decadence. Sure. Oh, I don't know why there's a my there, but oh wait, like, what did I did I mess that up? No, uh-huh. there's a my in the in the. In the oh no no no! I don't know why there is a my there. There is a my there. Oh, but, okay. but I didn't put that gotcha. my there. Yeah. So decadence. Yeah, reading it back from something that won't scare someone away from ever watching anime. Um, <laughs> this one is. I mean, I feel like eating ass with. A- 
have them gravitate towards watching anime. <laughs> I mean, I guess it depends on who. I feel like if you're going to introduce someone to anime, that you're like, oh man, there's all these great shows you should watch. This is like, Sada Sanmai is what you don't want to show them first. Because then, right. I mean, not that it gives a bad impression about anime, but it could give the wrong impression about anime. <laughs> right. And yeah, so this show, um, it starts with a premise that is very familiar to a lot of people, I feel. And it makes sense given that it's directed by the guy that directed the the show Mob Psycho 100. Um, oh. not, not so much the... I mean, it's, he's not one. He's not the guy that wrote the show, but he is the yeah, one that yeah. directed it. But so, I mean, if you love how it looks and the spectacle of it, you do see a lot of that here. And one of the main writers from Attack on Titan also writes for the show. And oh, I feel like... Pedigree. And, and Yeah, and I feel like you could definitely see that in, in the show a lot. Like, mainly just in the type of combat that they do is very much Attack on Titan. But it's... So yeah, I mean, fast action. I feel like as interesting characters, it it just has the makings of a good show. But this show is still going right now, and as oh. and as of now, it's only seven episodes in. And right. the thing is, though, is that it's also unlike any other show I've ever seen. Have either of you watched any bit of it? No. Do Do you realize so, who you're asking here, dude? <laughs> I'm being courteous. Thank you. I, I, I have not. I have not. But thank you for asking, Angel. So, do you know anything else about this show, Kevin, besides what I just said? No. All right. So, so first of all, where'd you see it? Um, Funimation, because it's only available through Funimation. Thank you, Kevin. Okay. Gotcha. By the way. Yeah. Um. So this show. Oh man, I guess how do I put it? So, the first episode is a very like kind of by the book show. Not like for better or worse, but I mean, a lot it, of exposition. I yeah, well, not a lot of exposition. Like it actually does kind of get straight into it. I mean, you have like your main protagonist. It's um, I forgot her name, but she essentially she's the daughter of the scientist, so it might already start to sound familiar. Um, he ends up dying pretty early on in her life, and she loses an arm as a result of like the attack that they were under by these monsters, and. They, I think they call the monsters Gadals. They're, they're like these creatures. And she essentially grows up wanting to become a warrior. She wants to go fight and kill off these these Gadals because they're threatening the survival of the human race. And the human race is pretty much all but extinct except for what's left that's inside of the Decadence, which is this giant mobile fortress that moves. So I guess it's kind of like Snowpiercer because the entire human population is inside that train, right? Yeah. Yes. Is that correct? Yes. Yeah. So, so it's pretty much like that. Like the entire human population is inside of this moving fortress that has its own defense mechanisms because they have to protect themselves against these giant monsters that are constantly attacking them. And there are people that train to be, you know, medics, your typical stuff. But then there's also people that train to be warriors. And these monsters emit this anti gravity field. And for whatever reason, I guess, um, they're able to use that against the monsters by attaching these orbs to themselves or like, I guess these round backpacks, spherical backpacks. Are the orbs hidden in the deep anus of... <laughs> no, they're, they're just worn like a like a typical backpack. Okay, gotcha. <laughs> and... Imagine if that was yeah, the third like, line of all these animes. And like, they're pretty much able to like freely fly, fly around as long as they're inside of the, I guess, that anti-gravity space and... They use a bunch of really cool like acrobatics to 
get into the monster's weak points and stab them and blood gushes everywhere. Well, green blood gushes everywhere. That is also used as food, fuel, and they harvest the animals. It's like a self-sustaining economy as long as, I mean, yeah, ecosystem or I guess just system as long as they keep killing these monsters. And, you know, the girl just wants to rid the world of these gadals and yeah, that's pretty much it. That's kind of like the premise of the whole. You have this guy that she was into janitorial duty because since she didn't have an arm, they didn't see that. They decided that she wasn't good enough to be a warrior. And lo and behold, this janitor dude ended up being, I guess, like the most badass hunter of all of them. Of all of them, he was just kind of retired and didn't want to do battle again. And that's kind of where the, I guess, the premise begins. Now, if you plan on watching this, um, I'm gonna give you a warning. And this will be like this, like that. That was the end of the spoiler-free zone. Like now, I'm gonna go into spoiler territory. So just jump back onto the next timestamp, I guess, in whatever order it is, because the first episode lays down all that groundwork, but then it takes a really unexpected turn, which is kind of the main reason why I'm like very invested in it right now, just because it it's just so different. Um. Do you, but I mean, it's not something that will, I guess, knowing about it may, this is the kind of thing that you'll either be like, oh, wow, this is pretty interesting. I want to see where this goes. Or you might just be like, oh, this is got stupid. I don't hear, I don't like it anymore. So, you know, it's, yeah, but it's definitely like a, what the hell? So essentially you find out after the first episode that not everything is what it seems, of course, but you find out that. Yeah. And you find out that everything is a game. Like, it turns out hmm. that, like, and at first I'm like, wait, so we're just watching people play out the scenario? You know, kind of like, it's kind of a big trend right now in a lot of anime, or maybe to a fault. There's just so many, I think they're called, what are they called? Um, Something, something Kai, but essentially... Person like gets sort of online kind of yeah, kind of stuff. sort of online. Um, the that Konosuba, uh, yeah. yeah, there's yeah, with Sword Hero, there's there's so many. It's kind of yeah. That time I got reincarnated as a slime. That's an actual title for a show, and yeah. So you think it's going in that direction, but then it turns out it's not either. So let me try to explain this to the best that I can. So essentially, everything I've said so far is true the only thing the only so humanity is all but extinct except for the ones on this fortress the only difference is that some of the population of people that we thought were people are actually just i guess giant i guess i just host bodies that are being controlled by these tiny little chibi looking i guess computer programs avatars kind of yeah so like yeah and these tiny little computer people, I guess, live in this cybernetic city, I guess, inside of the fortress. And they're pretty much like a whole sustained ecosystem. They're pretty much living life how they want. And to them, this fortress and everything about it is their form of entertainment. So they actually have oh. these, I guess, higher ups that are creating these good dogs and monsters. And yeah, so like they pretty much inhabit these, I guess post human looking body so that they can then go out and fight them while I guess not necessarily caring for whether the humans survive or not, because you know, that's not part of their, their deal, but everything is kind of set up for them like a game 
like they set up like big events coming up and the only reason that guy was retired was because he was told to be retired for a couple of years so that they could bring him back in a triumphant return and also because he kind of got in trouble helping someone i guess go beyond their limit which is the, pretty much the equivalent of um sports enhancement drugs um and yeah so he was kind of put on on forced leave for a while until his yeah until he comes back so it's just kind of weird how it has like i guess what could be the premise of two different shows going on mm-hmm. because it could have just yeah, followed like the video like the game world of this little chibi dude but at the same time you're also following the real struggles of this actual character that actually wants to rid the world of these creatures that she really has no hope of ever trying to get rid of on top of the fact that the main that janitor guy character his side job because he's kind of forced to do this is he has to go hunt and kill defective other renegade programs that you know that aren't really following their code or any kind of bugger imperfection and you find out that the girl is someone that he has to go and kill so there's that whole dichotomy of he wants to help her but he also has to get rid of her so how does that work no no it's it's just very different and it's just very interesting i mean it definitely i feel it definitely shares a lot of dna with attack on titan because there is that whole kind of like the titans you know they're not quite what they seem this humanity kind of surviving on the brink of existence but that one kind of involves yeah well yeah they're both actually more similar than i thought except there it seems more hopeless for this situation just because this seems more yeah. hopeless than attack on titan <laughs> it feels more hopeless for the humans just because oh okay yeah well, it feels more... still like at least in attack on titan they have you know those titan powers they can go back on at least like the ones that the good guys have they have like levi and everything yes like literally everyone is like against the humans like they're kind of just like they're pretty much like cattle to these people at this point oh okay okay and they don't even know any of that is going on. Like they, mm-hmm. like they're the only people that actually fight the monsters are other programs. So there's like maybe like a handful of actual human warriors, but yeah, they actually have to worry about dying, and the other ones could just keep dying and keep like regenerating over and over again. Mm-hmm. So it sounds like there's yeah. some shades of like, I mean, not one to one, but th- there's some stuff reminiscent of Tron and how you're describing it. Like programs fighting other programs, and it's like the inverse because the humans go into the programs and that, and this seems more like the programs control the humans. But like it, I, there's some parallels there, which has me kind of intrigued because I like Tron. Yeah, it's definitely an inverse. Yeah, programs controlling the humans, yeah. and yeah, it, it, the plot just keeps thickening. Like the last episode that I saw, like the main program that I thought was just a program, I guess he made his way out, and we find out that. Like, the whole world is inhabited by these monsters that they've been, like, developing for a long time. And, I don't know, it's it's interesting. It's it's just definitely, it's more traditional in the action and fantasy kind of sense. But it's also, it just has a new intriguing plot that I feel like I, I just have no idea where it's going. And I'm just really curious to find out. Kind of like Attack on Titan, like, that one always, like, had, as the plot developed, it always kept shifting. Like, first you thought it was just... Oh, it's like zombies, but they're giants now. But then it turns out it's way more political than it seems. And yeah, it's I, I would definitely recommend it, especially right now while it's still airing and we don't know if it's going to end up being bad or good. But I mean, I've heard 
Um, just like looking at the history of these past, I mean, yeah, looking at the history of these like director and writer, um, they've had things that both went really well for with a lot of acclaim and both had a very like also just bad ending. So we yeah. don't know how this is going to turn out. Maybe it's a sit and wait kind of deal, but you know, I also, the, the thought of just being able to keep up with a show as it's airing, especially animes, it's always exciting to me. Yeah, I definitely was... enjoyed watching Mob Psycho as it was airing. That was pretty cool. That sounds cool, but I I would love that I was able to binge it as well, though. Yeah, it wouldn't surprise me if there was like if the first season would just be like twelve episodes and then uh-huh. I guess I'll take your hiatus for a little bit. Do you? <laughs> yeah, Kevin. Do you and generally think how everything is going? There's going to be something. Yeah, that's yeah. what everything's saying. I'm sorry, Kevin. Guys. Do you generally prefer binging all at once at the end of something versus watching it as it airs? No, not necessarily. Like, I am watching this anime on Crunchyroll called uh, The God of High School, and that's airing weekly. Mm, gotcha. Yeah. Yeah, because some uh, people are very well, set in their ways about, like, oh, I gotta watch it all once, or I have to watch it weekly, and they mm-hmm. won't, like, you know. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Uh, no, that that sounds cool. That I might actually, I might check it out. Yeah, really? Yeah, uh, definitely recommend it. Definitely need more people to talk to about it. <laughs> yeah. Don't worry. Don't worry. I'll, I'll, I'll watch it just so we can talk about it. You know what? I, I'm not going to make that promise because I I also said that I watched Demon Slayer uh, <laughs> so that I could talk to, to to your brother about that, but that never happened. Well, so at like least that one, four. we know it's still going, and I mean, that one's been on hiatus for a while. Yeah. But, oh, Attack yeah. on Titan's I mean, finally coming back from hiatus. Wait, when? Uh, You didn't see the season four trailer? No. Yeah, there's a there's a season four trailer already. Uh, I think that's coming out this year. Damn, that's awesome. And then uh, I don't know when my hero's coming back. I don't think they've said, but I still haven't even finished season four of my hero. So I don't know. there's there's now that I've gotten back into the anime world, there's a lot of stuff that I'm trying to watch. I'm still rewatching Bleach, <laughs> which was a mistake, but uh. Oh yeah, I mean that's the thing. There's just so many, there's just so many anime, and I love that there's still so many that I know I'll like that I've yet to mm-hmm. watch. And sometimes I'm wondering, like, oh man, like I hope there's still more for me to like after because sometimes you're afraid to watch something, and then oh, like, I don't know, like this is like after watching like Your Lie in April, like at least mm-hmm. like not maybe not so much for like the content, but just like how it made me feel at the end, just like how impactful that last episode was it's like sometimes i wonder like man am i ever gonna have the same feeling again like after watching an anime like it's almost kind of like a little depressing because like you don't think you will but maybe you will maybe there'll be another show out there hopefully i mean i mean the show i'm watching now is it's definitely not a depressing show but it's definitely getting up there just really 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 enjoying it feels i mean i mean yeah somehow i made it 70 something episodes in but almost done. What's that? What's the name of that one? Um, Space Brothers. It's literally an an anime about working at NASA. <laughs> oh, that, that sounds interesting. Kind of, yeah, actually learned a lot. <laughs> I mean, it's all like they reference a lot of real. I mean, it's literally based in real world everything, and it only takes a couple years in the future. The only fictitious thing about it is that they go to the moon a couple times already it's like very regular for them to be able to go to the moon but beside that it's a very inspirational show 
made me appreciate space. Is that more on, on that once I finish it? Is that the one you were telling me like they actually record dialogue in space or something? Yeah, it's the the first anime that recorded dialogue for an animated show in space, if not the only one. Probably the only one. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. There's a segment where like kids are asking questions to astronauts, and their responses were actually recorded in space by an actual astronaut. Mm, that's pretty, pretty cool, cool. And, and you could tell like you could tell the difference in audio quality not that it gets like worse but like it just sounds very different that that's a way to go because they could have just put like a filter on it and just called it a day but they actually got <laughs> they actually had some actual audio yeah. from, from space that's impressive that's cool. that is yeah. dedication to your uh product mm-hmm. cool 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 and Back to the wheel, <laughs> where it will land. Nobody knows. The killers. No. Okay. <laughs> uh, let's, they, they really let's, want you to uh, like that album. They yeah, because it just landed on it again. Um, there we go. Something new. Mike Shinoda's drop frames. Ah, it feels like I'm talking about his music. Like Jason today. joints. Yeah. So um, it's very so, very music and anime heavy today. Yeah, really. Uh. But yeah, so yeah, this well, is this Machinota's anime, right? Or his animated yeah, film, and frames. then yeah, he that, dropped that a couple frames. Like a, yeah, that, that sounds like a, a good uh, anime. That actually could be an anime, and he is. He did have. He does I have do an, like that title. I think I'm gonna steal it. He does have an art background, so he could. He did one of his music videos is uh, Mega Man inspired, anime inspired, animated by him and a team thing. So he's not that far removed. Well, breaking breaking the habit was was yeah, it was full anime. on, yeah, yeah, and um, yeah. was that the one that you're talking about? No, no, no. Wait, really? uh, one he did for his last. You never told me. No, one he did for his um uh solo album for post traumatic. He did. Yeah. There's a song on there called. Oh God, which one was? Did he do the animated thing? He went to Anime Expo to show off the music video, or like to show the behind the scenes that they're making. He did it with like an actual anime studio. Um, I forgot which, but the the song I'm forgetting too. But I, I talked to him afterwards about it a bit and like about his Nintendo inspirations for it, which was kind of cool. Like like Metroid was one of the inspirations, other things. Uh, the song I'm thinking of though is "Worlds on Fire." If anyone wants to look it up on YouTube. Um, but yeah, no, the reason so, but, that so what other music videos are animated? Like I didn't know how could you be so heartless with an animated music. You, video? you mean Kanye's heartless? Oh, yeah. yeah uh, okay, heartless. I mean, <laughs> how could you be so heartless? <laughs> Yeah, you know that song, uh, and they just say like the whole lyric. Uh, but no, yeah, that that one that one's anime, but in a style of um, like pop art, like old, like uh, like um, not quite Andy Warhol, but that era. Um, but yeah, the the, the, the it's in the end animated. Uh, in the end is CG, really bad nineties CG, or I guess two thousand year two thousand. But they're standing on that platform and they're walking through a desert with like things sprouting, and it's all like. It's CG. Have you never seen the In the End video? No, I don't think I've ever seen any music. The only music video from any band that you would listen to, actually, probably not even not. Um, I don't watch many, very many yeah. music videos. Yeah. Like I think I could probably count them all on my hand. Um, there, the only one I remember is Californication, just because I've never was, seen like, that video one, game honest. related. What? <laughs> the only oh, one yeah. I've seen is like, yeah, like the one you had. Yep. No, it, it's like it jumps between like a bunch of different like game genres. Like it goes from like a third-person ah. shooter to a snowboarding to like a helicopter to like a Grand Theft Auto-looking thing, in that same kind of graphical style. But yeah, I mean, like, yeah, mm-hmm. a lot of bands have. I might Mike Snow and Linkin Park in particular have like kind of this close affinity with like a lot of stuff that we're all into, like anime, and like they have basically the the cover for reanimation is basically like a fake Gundam on it. 
and they used to do stuff. They, they made a Gundam. There's a Linkin Park Gundam in Japan you could have bought at one point. Um, like they're super. And you didn't do that. No, but they're super like intertwined with that, and and that's kind of what's interesting about this album. Why I want to talk about it is so Mike Shinoda it has released what he's calling drop frames. There's two out of three already released, and they are mostly instrumental albums, but they are made collaboratively with fans on Twitch every day. He goes on Twitch. Actually, I think he's on a break this week, but every day up till now, since quarantine started, he went on Twitch and would just make music. And Twitch, it's interesting because Twitch obviously used to be a gaming thing, and Kevin, you talk about this a lot better than I can, but it's ex- expanded into like there's music making, there's all sorts of like art, like people are streaming all sorts of stuff on there now, right? Yeah. Yeah, like it's, 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 it's much like there's like slight, kind of like your slice, slice animes, like some people are just like showing off what they do in life like it's 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 expanding beyond it so like yeah people people do travel streams where they're just going around the world and it it's funny because like originally if i remember correctly wasn't twitch um it started as justin.tv right and it used to be a live stream your life platform and then it pivoted to gaming and now it's kind of going back to its original form slowly but surely but with the built-in audience this time like it was ahead of its time i guess but so what's interesting with what Shinoda's doing is he's doing these daily streams that used to be he would just show people how to make music, but then like he would engage with the chat and start to sort of bounce ideas off them, and then he started introducing ways for people to recommend music uh, or to recommend genres of what he should make, and it started getting weird. So like what he would do is he introduced like a whole currency of sorts called Shinoda Bucks, which is a dumb name, but basically you pay to get you know emotes and all that, and all that money goes to COVID uh, charity fundraising for uh, relief for covid and then he would get like all these weird suggestions from fans and whoever paid in and won the bid that day would be able to help him pick out what genres i think it's a mix of they could demand uh, request things directly or they could put a genre into like a fishbowl and he would draw multiple genres out of a hat every day or have a bowl i guess and mash up genres so like literally one of the songs on the first one is what he dubbed mariachi hip-hop and then there's another one which is horror hip-hop there's another one which is like bollywood goth or something and like these songs they sound kind of you know, like they'd be super scattershot. But what he basically does is he takes the 10 or 12 best from a given period of time in his Twitch streams and he masters them and mixes them himself and then puts them out. He's doing it as an independent release as this drop frames, like finished product that you could go stream online or get merch for on his website or whatever. And it's like, basically it only exists because fans are putting in these requests. So, and as he's editing the songs and going through it on Twitch every day where he spends, I don't know, maybe like an hour to three hours, depending on song. Um, He'll like be doing it with fans, explain what he's doing, walk him through the tools, and also collecting their feedback and tweaking the song based on what that small core group of fans are suggesting and vibing with and that sort of thing. So it's literally like a collaborative album with his fans, and then he just kind of picks the cream of the crop and puts it out in an official capacity. And uh, it's so much so, one of the songs, the only song with vocals, he actually has seven fans on the chorus with him. He did like a contest. Uh, he he had the song before he even started doing this, but he retrofitted it and released it officially and like did a contest where fans could submit uh, singing along to the chorus and doing like the bridge and stuff. And he sort of melded that all together and then hopped on a video chat with all them and kind of sorted it all out and then made like a whole song with fans, which is kind of cool. Like it's a good way to stay connected. It kind of goes back to what we were saying earlier about like – how music's like so weird now because of covid like you know like the weekend's weird virtual concert like 
one interesting way to make music and kind of keep yourself busy and give yourself a daily routine, but also engage fans in a way that like not a ton of artists do or can do or have ever tried to do because there wasn't really a need. Like you could just make stuff and go perform it, but now you can't perform it. So what if you like make the music making process the performance in and of itself in a way, which I thought is kind of an interesting approach. So, so that's kind of, and, and it all comes out really well. That's the thing is like, it makes great background music when I'm working. Um, like I, I'm lucky that my setup here at home, like I have a Sonos in the room I'm in where I uh, do work and where I record this. So I could just stream it from my Mac to that and just like, it's great. It's perfect. It's, uh, and it's uh, like each album's like half an hour long and they're pretty diverse. There's also a lot of video game stuff in there. Um, like he has a Game Boy that he can do chiptune stuff with, which he's done a few times. The second drop frames has two tracks that are straight up like video game tunes. One's literally called Side Scroller and the other's called Dungeon Crawling, uh, Crawler. And he also just the other week composed in the same format as everything else the um, uh, Gamescom opening night live theme that Jeff Keighley's going to use for when he does his show next week. So like there is definitely oh, some cool. synergy here between like all of our interests and what Chanel is doing. And he, even the art for the album, he'll do like art days where instead of making music, he'll do drawings and take fan requests and kind of integrate them. And then he puts them out as black and white on his Instagram in high, and on Twitter in like high resolution. So fans can go color them and then he like shows some of his favorite like interpretations and colorings and what sort of thing. And that's really thing. gotten wrapped up in, in like Twitch culture. Yeah. Which I like. Yeah. I like that a lot of, a lot more artists are doing that. Um, Mike and Mike's doing it. Obviously mm-hmm. T-Pain has been on Twitch for a while now. Mm-hmm. Uh, Sol- Soldier boy. Uh, a lot of people has, has started getting momentum on Twitch. It's, Really, really is he is he still trying to pedal uh, um counterfeit consoles or has he moved past that i don't no, i don't <laughs> think so now he's just playing runescape on on stream i know lot was it logic who gave up his rap career to stream video games did you like he claims he's retired oh, yeah. from rap logic logic has a, i guess twitch offered logic some contract to exclusively uh just stream on twitch that whole weird that whole world of exclusive contracts for streaming is so interesting like mixer started it right with like mm-hmm. ninja yeah, and then, of course, Mixer then went belly up, and now all those people are kind of coming back to Twitch. But, like, once that – it reminds me so much of uh, – remember when Tidal first came out and every album was, like, exclusive to a streaming platform? And everyone's like, this is weird. And then over time, it kind of dissipated. I feel like we just went through that wave with, uh, yeah, with streamers. Streaming platforms. Yeah. But, yeah, it, it's really interesting to see, like, how – and I think COVID was sort of callous for us. But it's really interesting to see, like, how artists are finding these new ways to – connect and like do stuff because you know like t-pain for example like he's probably opening up a whole new audience opening himself up to a whole new audience of people who maybe you know younger kids who maybe weren't around when t-pain was number one on the charts when everyone was collaborating with him but now he can like have this crowd and do his thing with them or even mike shinoda like you know what we were saying before link park's 20 years old like there's i'm sure there's kids today who are discovering it through twitch because twitch is co-promoting it and stuff and might be kind of into it and then might go look at his discography and kind of work their way backwards. So it's it, even just to market themselves to new fans is kind of a smart strategy. Mm-hmm. But, but yeah, and it's, it, it's, it's been really cool. Cause like I, I used to have to start quarantine a little less now. Cause like memes and stuff gotten in the way, but I used to like be pretty good about tuning into his streams every day. And there were definitely some where I'd be like, like I wasn't engaging or anything cause I had work to do, but I'd have it in the background and hear him and everything. And it was kind of nice when he first like, oh yeah, I'm gonna actually release these. Be like, oh finally, I can actually listen to this on demand and I have to go like through the Twitch archive and like jump to the timestamp of like two hours and twenty minutes for that two minute song. 
Um, so yeah, it's right. been it's been cool even as a fan to just have it in like a packaged form where I can just listen as I want. So, so yeah, so that's kind of why I wanted to mention it was just that because I think it, it it is like I was saying a really interesting change up from what like you you know like music goes through phases where it's different ways they engage like they have street teams in the early 2000s and then like the whole like fan armies and streaming wars and now this is kind of, and you know oh they could talk to them on twitter and like oh all the um you know the little monsters lay gaga can maybe get retweeted by her or something but now it's like or the believers but now it's like an actual real conversation in real time happening yeah there's a, there's natural back and forth yeah and that's what's really cool and and it's to the point where it's literally influencing the music like he doesn't know when he starts these streams what the song's gonna turn into he doesn't have it pre-planned sometimes he'll have cool. some instruments selected at, ahead of time or some soundboard stuff but more often than not, what it turns into is nowhere near what he probably thought would be at the start, which makes it like really cool because it's legitimately collaborative. So anyway, yeah, so that, that's Mike Chino's Drop Frames. If you need some instrumentals, they're kind of all over the map, but also like consistently good. Check it out. Uh, if it's on Spotify, I will. It is. It is. To. And I think the third one, he's doing yeah. one a month. So the third one should be out pretty soon, probably a couple weeks. Oh. Cool, cool, cool. Yeah. Aren't you a happy kid? I sure am. And then yeah. in the midst of that, the Lincoln Park 20th anniversary. So much Lincoln Park stuff. I'm so happy. Anyway. So, <laughs> so happy. Rest in peace, Chester. Well, yeah. But... Um, and I was, I was about to say, what a time to be alive. And then you say, rest oh, <laughs> Oof. That would be bad. <laughs> All right. And the wheel is getting spun right now. All right. Let's see what, uh, well, you guys can't see. Oh my God, no! The killer, killer. I'm just gonna. Yes. You know, I'm just gonna remove it from the wheel. No, you have to keep it. You have. You have to. No, nope. it's gone. It's gone. I mean, I, I, thought, I, thought, I thought you were removing the options. Oh no, on. no, that makes no, it no, no, no. all the better. You, you, th- you think that I have this planned out? Come on. <laughs> Brian, you think David he put the killers on there rebels. four times, and every time he spun it, it just came back. <laughs> yeah. All right. Cool. 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 Uh, this is actually my category. So. Yeah, I, I want to talk about Polygon's YouTube series, Unraveled. Mm. Uh, I forgot to check it? Dante's HP. I'll do that. <laughs> oh, we'll, uh, get, we'll get to that. Yeah, I'll uh, report have, it next have week. either of you seen these videos? Yeah, I've, I think I've watched all of them. I've so seen far. the Waluigi one. You've watched all of them, uh, yeah. Angel? Yeah. Okay. Oh, and the Poker App. Okay. Does that count? Is that Unraveled, the Poker App? Yeah, yeah. The, okay, so I think Poker App, Making of, and... Bowser's... But... Bowser's military hierarchy. Yeah, I haven't seen that one, but I definitely need to check the that Mega out. Man Sension scale. Yeah. Oh man. Anyway, there's so much to talk about yeah. here. Yeah. I brought it up in the last episode of uh, QC and thought, hey, that could be a good thing to talk about. Mm-hmm. But um, so it's a, a video series on YouTube. It's hosted by Brian David Gilbert, who I believe used to be a YouTuber, or he's still a YouTuber. His uh, name is made he... up of three first names. That's crazy. <laughs> Brian David. That's like Gilbert. Ricky yeah, Bobby plus weird. one, literally. Yeah. Um. He graduated with a bachelor's in creative writing, which uh, definitely contributes to that. How, that explains a lot. How, yeah, right. Um, but anyways, how did graduate in that? <laughs> Not creative enough. Creative writing. Again. Yeah, that's that's weird, huh? It's like it's, Dude, I'm sure there's more to it than just it being. I, I, I have no idea. It's like he, he gr- yeah. I don't know. Anyway. He graduated from John Hopkins, which I don't know. If that, is that a top school? It's a big enough school that's the leading re- uh, the leading source of the current number of COVID cases in America. The leading independent oh, source. Okay, well, <laughs> we'll just sweep that under the rug. I think I heard um, its name at some. My point, point is, it's a big, it's a big, well known. Yeah, 
Okay, that that works for me. But uh, anyways, in, in Polygon's words, the description is Brian David Gilbert tries to unravel game lore without losing his grip on reality, which uh, I think pretty is pretty. Like at first read, it sounds like an interesting video series, something akin to what like MatPat does with his game theory series. Mm-hmm. But as you both know, it's so much more than that. And I feel like very few of the tw- of the I think at this point there's like 26 videos. They they have very little to do with game lore itself. It's more like he uses game lore to create these crazy irreverent videos. Yeah. And like these videos are supposed to be humorous and not education educational like other lore series on YouTube. For example, like you could find a billion videos on like the history of Dark Soul bosses. But Bright David or, Gilbert goes or the science above behind and X and so blah 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 gun or something. Yeah, right. He he's but like Brian the... David Gilbert says Or go ahead. Brian David Gilbert instead goes, Yeah, I can make a video on the history of these bosses, but what if I rank them by like who would be a better manager of a at a job? <laughs> Yeah, he, which is he's very hilarious. he's the left brain version of all the kind of right brain Matt Pats of the world. To, yeah, to exactly. kind of say what you yeah. already said, which by the way, um, I keep running back before COVID. I kept running into Matt Pat at a Rubio's near my office like three times, and the Chipotle, and a Chipotle. That's right. You were with me that time. Yeah, he. I don't know what. Did you ever say hi? No, no. But he's always with like a group. He's always wearing like a cool leather jacket. I'm always like, oh. But, yeah, the leather jacket it feels like his thing. Though. Yeah, but he wears it like in life is my point. Like he doesn't just wear it on the videos. He's just like out in the world eating burritos wearing a jacket like that. Yeah. Right. But anyway, sorry. Uh, so, I just – when you said MatPat, like I need to wiggle this in somehow and I succeeded. No, no, no worries. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it was a song at that one Nintendo event. Yeah. Well, it's funny because the first time when Angel and I first saw him, the very first time, it was like the day after he did the Stadia launch at GDC or like the next week or something. So it was like probably when he was at his most like exposed to mainstream audience and media moment. But uh, yeah, and yes, we saw him at a Nintendo event a couple times. Yeah, I've seen a lot of MatPat actually now that I think about it. It's weird. Yeah, well, speaking of Nintendo, I'm about to talk about specifically his uh, two of his many Nintendo videos. Um, so the first episode in the in the series is called it's titled Solving the Zelda Timeline in 15 Minutes. <laughs> now, at first glance, it seems like a pretty easy idea to make into a YouTube video. Mm-hmm. Like, Nintendo has its own official canon. Just recite what's on there. You're done. You got it. You got a video. Bada bing, bada boom. But nope. Uh, Brian also decided to incorporate every single piece of Zelda media into the timeline. So, while, like, on the latter side, he includes stuff like Twilight Princess Picross, which I didn't even know was a thing. Oh, yeah. My Nintendo exclusive reward. Yeah. And, like, crossbow and crossbow training in, like, the Young Link timeline. Obviously, those are those are Twilight Princess games, mm-hmm. like, in that timeline. And then... Um, Zelda uh, Clue. Wand of Gamelon. Oh, oh yeah. We'll, we'll, we'll get we'll get to that, yeah. He, he like, even includes those god-awful... Yeah, the Philips CDI games, yep. which, sure... But then he also includes, like, the Smash series. And it's funny because, like, in his mind, or I guess it makes sense, but, like, Melee takes place at the same time as Ocarina because Young Link and Adult Link are there. Right? That makes yeah. sense. That does make sense. Yeah. And then 
like I'm not saying there are there are good reasons why these games should be put anywhere on the timeline, but like he's funny enough that you don't even care. Oh yeah, yeah. And like eventually the like like Angel pointed out with with Zelda Clue, it eventually evolves into him putting dumb stuff like Zelda choose your the Zelda choose your own adventure books in there, <laughs> and he gives his ex- own explanation as to as to where these books should be and how those books create even like more timelines. He includes the board games. So like even Zelda chess and he definitely towards the end, he definitely devolves into like madness because eventually it all because it all enwraps the timelines in his mind. All they all like get enraptured in capitalism. And it's like, okay, that means that the, the Zelda monopoly is what holds all the timelines together. <laughs> um, one of his most recent episodes, uh, he was trying to figure out when Mario could retire. <laughs> and and he actually used the help of a financial accountant to see if it was even possible. And so, like, he, he used a set of variables, like, when you expect to, in his words, croak. Uh, inflation rates, Mario's monthly budget, pensions, and, like, conversion rates of a Mushroom Kingdom coin. And he actually created a formula for it. And using those numbers, he he, like learns that Mario wouldn't be able to retire ever. So he desperately tries to get that number lower. And at some point he finds out that like, wow, Mario isn't going to be able to retire until he's 77 uh, years old, which is the average life expectancy for males. So Brian says, you know what? No, let me use my numbers. Like, like how much I get paid, how much I save. And then, Brian slowly comes to the realization that he himself will never be able to retire. <laughs> <laughs> Which is like definitely sad for him, but like for us the viewers, it's the funniest thing oh, ever. Yeah. yeah. It the series is just so inventive and it's amazing how he uses game lore for like the most ridiculous reasons. Like Jason, do you have a pet? Do I have a pet? Do you have a pet? I do not have a pet. Does does Rara have a pet? Yeah, for for those who don't know who that is, uh yes, yeah, she has Three cats, two kittens, and a cat. Three cats. Well, did you know that you can calculate their HP using a formula that he created using uh, Pokemon health points and old D and D books? Please send me a link. <laughs> oh, I, will, I need I will to. I need to do link. this. Yes. Well, the kittens are literally, the two kittens are literally right now four months old, three months old. So right now's the prime time oh, to figure out their entire life expectancy. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, and then he was like, in in the same video, he says something along the lines of like, yeah, I can, I can, uh, also give you guys the formula to calculate, uh, the HP of humans, but I don't want that to go to, uh, insurance companies <laughs> <laughs> because it would just be used for evil. Uh, he has an entire video on how to like up your stamina using, uh, Angel would know this, uh, stuff. That Kojima does in Death Stranding by using like monster energy drinks to, to oh, that's amazing. To, yeah, yeah, did you think like the, the way people up their stamina in video games? If it also applies to the real world, so like eating steaks. I think. Kind of oh yeah. I yeah. think the one was it considered part of his Unraveled series, the Waluigi one. Like why Waluigi yes, doesn't have Wa- his own game? The, that episode was literally just called Waluigi Unraveled, and like it got to the point. If I remember correctly, it became a desperate plea to Doug Bowser, new at the time president of Nintendo of America, that they need to give Waluigi a game, and Doug Bowser responded on Twitter to it 
Mm-hmm. And I, he gave like a non-answer, of course, but he did respond. Like it, it made its impact. Yeah. And it's an incredibly well done uh, video. They all are. Yeah, yeah they, 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 they all are. That that brings me to like uh, another point. Like the editing for the videos, I feel is like it's low budget, but it's uh, it's crazy enough to work. Like like he literally just is. It's him in front of like three cameras, different angles, obviously. And then just a board, a wall behind him that, that he just like has has paper and push pins mm-hmm. to to connect everything together. Um, it's just so wildly inventive. Like looking at some of the names, uh, let me see. Like find your Kojima name with my simple eleven page form. Uh, I use the Sims to perfect my apartment. Uh, I built the perfect gamer space. The the oh, most recent yeah, funny. yeah the most recent video I read every Halo novel and became the master chief of loneliness. <laughs> it just man I I love this series. Uh, I don't think it's over, but man I I, yeah, hope, I mean he's I been doing this from home so hopefully yeah and well. that's that's the other thing I want to talk about yeah like he's had to update he's had to like up uh like the effects of the videos because he's been doing it from home. I forgot what episode it was. Where he was like pointing to an air to like he's using a green screen at home. It's like as you can see here on the timeline, and he's like, "I I really hope that I'm pointing in the right direction for the video." <laughs> um, I don't know. It's just he's really just good, serious. and he's super deadpan, yeah. which makes it work. Oh yeah, that's that's it. what really makes yeah. it work. Is he's he's, he's, he's acting as if it's the most serious, sincere. There's no humor in this, and as yeah. it unravels. And gets more absurd. Mm-hmm. He holds that stat note, so to speak, and that's like he'll break character every now and then. Yeah, but rarely. But yeah, but rarely. And when he does break like, character, oh, man, it's that... not so much at the like it's kind of at the absurdity of what's happening, but it's more at the ridiculousness of what he's put himself into than how he got there. Like it's not like I feel like when he breaks character, it's never like uh, I can't believe we got here. It's more like well, this situation is ridiculous, but not like anything that led to it. Just that moment is like he never addresses that. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like he never addresses that, that he brought where... himself to this through the ridiculousness. Yeah, that video. Uh, there is one exception: the video where he made all seventy-eight Breath of the Wild recipes in one day. Oh, yeah, yeah. I, I guess made in the very in a very loose a very loose definition of made, considering that he had to like speed up half of those half of those recipes. But uh, no, yeah, I I love the series. I I think he's great. Uh, the videos are always hilarious, and they're not that long. They they usually average like fifteen minutes. Yeah, they're they're good know. YouTube length. Yeah, just enough they're, to get it's, monetized. It's a good <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. Um, also, I checked. Doug Bowser sent him back a purple heart for the Waluigi uh, video. Mm. So, yeah, very not answer. Yeah, and an applause emoji. So, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. I don't know why, so, but uh, you talking about Brian David Gilbert reminded me of. Some other guy that was popular on the internet for a while. I'm trying to remember his name. He was on Game Traders, though. Definitely Kyle Bossman. Eccentric. There you go, the final Bossman. The, yep. I don't really remember what his, what he did for his show. I just know he, he gave. It was very simple. He just did analysis. He did like also the kind of business side analysis that we always do on Ram Nintendo, but he just did it in a very uh, digestible way that had some kind of like character to it where he sort of would like get super into the topic to the point of like almost like overly obsessive 
don't I remember think that's what it was. Episodes went. I think that's what it I was. I know I watched them, but I don't remember their content. And now, you know, so he's so he isn't as much. He was on, I think he was part of Easy Allies for a I mean, while. Still, and he stopped really? doing that. And he's a writer for the Game Awards, and he works pretty closely with Jeff Keighley. And I think he just, just left Easy Allies, actually. So he probably will be starting up something new soon. But he's, yeah, he's like a, you know, one of those like gaming personalities, yeah. Uh, I see. Yeah, he does a lot of the the behind the scenes writing for um, the game awards. Like most of the jokes and stuff for him. Oh. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's a, that's Brian David Gilbert and the, Kyle Bossman. The, <laughs> the the way that I got to remember his name is it's just BDG. It's it's uh you know they're in order BDG. Huh. Oh, you're right. They are. Yeah, and uh, that's all I got for Ronald. Um, there's only one more thing on the docket. On you, you gotta spin the wheel the, though. You gotta see if it lands wheel. on killers again. But I'm gonna spin the wheel until we get it, baby. <laughs> Welcome to the Vegas uh, portion decadence. of the evening. Yeah, there's, there's a chance we could be here all night. Yep. Decadence again. This is quality uh, content that people tune in for. for. A third time. Really? Is killers still yep. on there? Did oh, you actually time. take it off? No, I put it back on. Good. Oh, drop frames. Mm. Oh, nope. Decadence again. <laughs> oh, oh, oh. Hey, the end of Kiss Anime. All right, the end of Kiss. So this isn't really a topic so much for for me. It's just kind of like a question for everybody here. So for those that don't know, Kiss Anime is essentially your watch cartoons online. And for those that don't know what that is, it's pretty much your go-to place online to illegally stream your cartoons or anime. Which we do not endorse with... or condone at the Random Tale Podcast. Yeah. <laughs> and and I understand, like, I I definitely, like, use those stuff, I remember, like, in college or maybe, like, a little bit after. But I think, like, as soon as, like, things, things stabilized, there was just a point where um, I just started only doing things through subscriptions and... Like, I know, like, I've not been paying for Crunchyroll for, like, a bunch of years. And, you know, like, most modern, like, like most of them, I guess, yeah, modern civilizations now, um, we do, like, a, like an exchange of sorts to get services. So, like, um, <laughs> I, I needed Funimation. So, like, I, I help out Kevin with Crunchyroll. And, you know, there's other, whether that, like, with Netflix, except, how do I help my sister with Netflix? Um, I guess I don't. <laughs> yeah, but you know <laughs> it's a barter so system until know. you just take advantage of the other person yeah essentially i mean like if i and if i really do like something like i'll just like buy it on blu-ray or or some sort of format like essentially i've over the last like i want to say last decade i've definitely just been like just trying to support the things i like essentially like in whatever way even if it's minimal like nothing oh. against like people that like go to kiss anime or or watch cartoons online. Like I don't see like that's perfectly fine. But although we don't endorse or condone it, it at the end of podcast, continue. Yeah, just putting out um, legal legal I, disclaimers. But 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 <laughs> as someone that like you know obviously I like, did use it a lot like back in the day. I mean I think that's how I watched like Naruto and stuff. Just hearing that it closed down or it's like done. I don't know. I guess it's just kind of like interesting because like I know like a lot of high schoolers and like I wonder where they're gonna go for like, their anime because it does. Crunchyroll does exist, but it does kind of suck that 
I guess like a lot of TV shows now, like now you can't even get all of anime in just one hub. There's like, like I mentioned yeah. earlier, like you have to go to Funimation to watch Decadence. You have to go to Netflix to watch like Neon Genesis Evangelion. You have to go to High Dive to watch certain animes, but I'm not going to bother with High Dive. Like, and each one is growing so much. Like Netflix is actually getting, or has been getting a couple of really interesting animes that I'm like, dang, I wish this was just on Crunchyroll. Because I do kind of like Crunchyroll setup a little more than Netflix's. Maybe because it's literally just anime, so it's easier to find what I want because I just want to watch some anime. Well, isn't it Korean dramas too? Oh yeah, it also does have Korean Wait, dramas. It also has some when manga. did when did Crunchyroll start having Korean dramas? I think it always it's, had them. Uh, oh really? It's had it as far as I can remember. Yeah, that's yeah okay. But and I mean, like, it does seem like yeah, more people nowadays do have Netflix or have some way of getting Netflix. But yeah, like I mean, like, did you guys um like did you guys ever watch Kiss Anime or watch cartoons or any of your? Like I guess streaming movie stuff or like an illegal streaming service. Yeah. Are you a cop? <laughs> I have to tell you if I am. Yeah, narc. Yeah. Are you? Oh. Is, are you wearing a wire? You're getting us on record discussing illegal activity. Well, let me tell you about the time I robbed a bank. <laughs> uh, I was wearing a mask. It was on October 25th, 1998. I was only nine years old. Uh, no, but um occasionally but, for movies but, but usually i wasn't the one doing it It'd be like we were in a group saying and someone would be like oh i know a website like popcorn time or whatever it was called and we'd go there but i guess a better question is do you think this will have a negative or positive impact at least on western anime at least like on western consumption of anime i because i feel like a lot of people that were using kiss anime were obviously like not interested in paying for a subscription service so they may just I I think it's the bigger. I, I think it's I mean, interesting. It's almost better if one of those services just you know goes like you know what we just gotta invest in more anime, but you know it does cost money. It's really expensive. Like and animators in Japan are really underpaid, so it does kind of suck. Well, I think I think you're hitting the nail on the head. A bigger issue here, which is so piracy exists because it's kind of a crossroad of. Things of cost and convenience, convenience, right? So if you can give someone enough convenience at a low enough cost, they'll do it. If you can give someone – that's pretty much it. If you can give them a – you know. But if you start jacking up the price or making it less convenient by splintering the the content, people will fall back. Like I would not be surprised if the more – Control is like 50 bucks a year. That's nothing for how much – Right, but right. But then like some of it's on Funimation, some of it's over here, some of it's over there. No, no, yeah, you're right. Yeah, but yeah, for the convenience. I think – I think it's – well, it's not just the convenience. If you're paying for five different streams – this goes back to the whole thing we were talking about when HBO Max was first rolling out. Like if you go back to all these different streaming services, you lose that that like uh, – again, crossroad of cost and convenience because people are paying too much and they have to go dig around and find this stuff. You can't just say I'm going to Netflix and everything's there. Oh, I want my TV shows a day later. That's on Hulu. Now it's I'm going to Netflix and there's a bunch of stuff there, but also there's stuff on Disney Plus and there's stuff on HBO Max and there's stuff on Peacock. And then if I want my next day, it's on Hulu, but it's also on Peacock. If I want Disney Plus, okay, that's cool. But if I want the adult content, quote unquote, PG above PG-13, I also need Hulu. But what if I want sports? Well, Hulu has live sports, but ESPN Plus is a separate live sport, full sport package. But I can't get all three of those together, Disney, Hulu, and ESPN, or the Disney bundle for 15 bucks. Well, that's reasonable. But if I'm spending those 
those 15 bucks? Am I spending 15 on HBO Max? Maybe not. Am I spending 15 on Crunchyroll plus Fundimation plus two others? I don't know. Like the fact that I was able to rattle off all those scenarios for a solid, what was that, like 35, 40 seconds? That might be too many. That might be too many services it's already. Same, it's the same with anime. You have Funimation, yeah. you have uh, Crunchyroll, Netflix has their own stuff, yeah. uh, Amazon dive. has their own stuff, High Dive. Yeah, and that, uh, that's... Yeah, VRV. The pro- and, now I, and keep in mind, just because people watch anime, they're, all, like, they're not only watching anime, so you have to factor in they have the five or six anime services. You have the five or six mainstream services. There is some overlap. You mentioned you know Netflix, Amazon... Um, but then factor in, let's say, if you want yeah, the good thing, Peacock is free. Yeah, it, on some level for some content. But let's say then you want um, some of the more niche stuff. Like there's, you know, the is it Thriller? I forgot what's not Thriller. There's like a horror movie. Shutter. Shutter. Yeah. There, so if you want horror movies, you get that. Criterion Collections, another one. Uh, like it keeps growing exponentially. And the thing I think that's gonna happen to your point about like anime adoption here in the West is. People are going to want to watch what they're going to want to watch. And the reason piracy took off is because you either watched it linear, 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 you watch it in linear TV where it would air when it would air. I can't think of the word linearly on TV, or you have to hopefully find it on a stream store or hopefully find it on like iTunes store or something and buy it for like 20 bucks. Or you just go find it on like Kiss Anime or something. And that's easy. It's on your time at your convenience and at a price you are comfortable with free. As these streaming services keep multiplying, you don't have the linear TV aspect, but you absolutely still have the like, I don't want to spend 40 minutes hunting down a copy when I, and then, you know, subscribing to six different services just to maybe have it when I can also just go to Kiss Anime and do it. So I don't think people are going to not watch stuff. I think they're just going to go back to their old ways. If that answers your, Mm. that's my opinion, at least. I think, I think, um, Exposed, like I think people that subscribe to services anyway can be exposed to new shows and find them that way. But I don't think that people are like if they want to check out an anime because their friend said check out an anime. If they all watch people, you know, reach up inside each other, correct, to grab their desire orbs or dive into each other, or whatever, because their friend says it's worth watching. Um, they'll find a way to do it. They might go to the shadiest of websites to do it if they don't want to have to sign up for Crunchyroll just yeah, to do exactly. it. But they will do it. So I don't think it's going to necessarily hurt adoption in the same way anime continued to grow when it was only on Toonami and like uh, for purchase for 20 bucks or 30 bucks. When Kiss Anime died uh, and it was trending on Twitter, if you just went through the uh, through the trending tab, there was a lot of people posting like alternatives yeah. to Kiss Anime. Yeah. So. Oh, well. I, I, yeah, I, it, I feel like so, it's go. like a drop in the bucket at this point. I mean, I, th- I think of it this way. Much. It's like, remember when like Napster was a thing? I didn't even know there were other websites. I mean, that's kind of naive of me to oh, yeah, assume there yeah, weren't. Yeah, but like think, I mean, think of it like how, you know, Napster, LimeWire, all those were a thing for a while, and then they all kind of fade yeah, away. There you go. And people start paying, you know, a lot of people are like, Pretty I'll pay way. 10 bucks all a cart for Spotify or Apple Music. That's fine. But... You can also find a ton of websites that still have file sharing. You could go on Reddit and go to subreddits where people just share links to new songs. There are tons of blogs that literally, and I'm not endorsing this or can, or anything, but uh, you know, there's tons of blogs where if you just Google like a new album when it comes out and then put like iTunes or like AAC or like M4A after it, it'll just take you to where you can go download a zip file someone else's purchase of the iTunes song. It's still incredibly accessible if you want to do it, but. In this day and age, how many people want to sit there and go through links and go through redirects and jump through hoops to get to like a random like file share site 
and download a zip file and unzip it when they can, uh, you know, in 10 seconds flat, open Spotify, open Apple Music and be playing it. So that's ultimately kind of the balance. And I think I think if anime, like if people all watch stuff, they'll watch stuff. It's just a matter of, you know, where to go. So if it's, if it's not Kiss, it's going to be something else. If they're going to pay, they'll pay, but they'll find it. I'm off my yeah, soapbox so... now. <laughs> no, no, it's a good soapbox. Um, yeah, because I, I definitely, I don't think I've ever, I will admit, I still to this day use uh, not the most legal of sites to watch uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger movies. But That's um, a very specific, <laughs> is there like an Arnold Schwarzenegger <laughs> piracy website just for his movies? <laughs> no, but uh, it definitely feels like it. Um, and and if it exists, is it called is it called allbehack. dot com? I'm sorry, I'm just gonna leave. That didn't even make sense. I'm just gonna leave. That was uh, episode yep. eight. Just of gonna the quarantine. Just rolling away in my desk yeah. chair here. Yeah, uh, I don't know. It's it's definitely yeah, like like uh, Jason said, the convenience factor that that is going to have people search out for these alternative websites mm-hmm. rather than having to pay for Crunchyroll. Cause Unless they prefer the cost of Crunchyroll, in which case there you go. But there will always be yeah, people – it's not going to slow adoption I guess is my point. People will watch what they want to watch one way or another, which yeah, is a absolutely. lesson that maybe uh, Mulan at $32 should take note of. <laughs> Not everyone's gonna pay that. Did they drop the? Did they drop the price? No, it was or... gonna be thirty, but or thirty six. Right? <laughs> they raised thirty six. Sorry. Oh, they raised it. I meant thirty six. Oh, Disney just said, you know what? We know you're gonna pay for this. Yeah, like I think two more bucks. I I legitimately think as we continue to see splintering, and as we continue to see companies start to bundle their streaming services and basically make cable packages, but through the internet instead of through your cable line, um, piracy's gonna swing back up. Angel, how much would you pay for uh how much would you pay monthly for an anime service that just had the entire like collection? Uh, uh everything anime? on Amazon, Netflix, Crunchyroll, Funimation. Yeah. Mm, I guess fifteen bucks a month sounds fair. I don't Ooh. know if that sounds low. I mean like for everything, for everything that Funimation does, for everything on on Crunchyroll, Netflix. I mean, considering, I guess Amazon. I don't really watch. Is it because like, if like realistically, like a fair price, like I can see myself paying, uh, like at most, most? At, at most, yeah, at most, at, I guess at most, well, at most twenty five. I think I feel like I'd feel comfortable paying oh. somewhere between twenty and twenty five, maybe uh-huh. thirty. But if I do that, actually, no, I I, I can see myself doing. I, I would say thirty. 30 30 okay. because then that'd probably be the only thing i do <laughs> that, that, if, we, if, if we, i mean if we are talking like the entire like anime library that's available for streaming i literally yeah. wouldn't need to stream anything else i do and have i good news probably wouldn't you. want to for that price i do have good news for you on that front there are rumblings that at&t who owns warner media wants to sell crunchyroll and there are rumblings that sony who owns fundamation wants to buy crunchyroll so they may be merging. Have those rumors been out forever, though? Uh, yeah, like a week ago. <laughs> I don't know. If... No, not a... I could have sworn that I heard this all. Really? Time. I saw it resurface like a week ago. Maybe maybe it was an old rumor that I just happened to stumble across. Oh. But nonetheless, yeah, if, I mean, if there's I mean, any truth that to that, that's two sure. huge ones combining, and I guarantee it will not be $30. Yeah, the only thing is, like, I feel like, I don't know, like in a financially responsible economy for myself 
Like, I don't definitely don't want to be paying thirty bucks for a subscription right now if I'm still actively buying video games because those things are expensive and they feel like they're coming out in droves recently. Not on top of the fact that I also still like want to continue playing Final Fantasy XIV, which is already going to be another fifteen bucks a month. And you know, there's yeah, still Hearthstone. Yeah, go through my subscriptions and see see what. what so I'm it's thinking. like oh, man. you kind of have to pick your poison, and also like I had a talk with my brother the other day where. I was kind of having uh, anxiety is not the right word because that's way too extreme. It's more no, it, it's more like for some reason I felt like when I started a game I had to finish it soon or I had to just finish it as soon as possible because I didn't want it to like be left on the fit, wayside. Yeah, be left on the wayside and turn into like the backlog. Mm-hmm. And then, but then he just kind of. Just like bluntly asked me, like, well, like, like, what's your rush? Like, why? I mean, one, I mean, it is, it would be nice just to like talk about the game with other people that played it around the time it came out because that's when most people would have played it. But then just thinking more about it, like, there really isn't a rush. I mean, I, I mean, I guess, like, who cares if it takes me a couple years, Especially if right not now. more? Yeah, like a couple years or more to beat, you know, like the Tales games. Like, I mean, we'll get to them when we get to them. We have a huge. Even though it's like four games, I mean, in Tales and in how much time my brother and I even get to play them together, it's probably going to take us like a decade to get through them. <laughs> and you know what? I guess I just came to accept that, you know what? That's fine. Um, I, have, I haven't been playing Smash Brothers as much as before, even post-ban. So I think like I just have to develop a more healthy game habit and just not be afraid of buying a new game, playing it for a while. I guess... I have to not be afraid of busting a Jason. I was about to say, welcome but, to my world. This is me to a T. But, the, but the, I, I'm starting to go down that path, and it sucks. But welcome, the difference everyone. is, Gosushima, I got to Act 2 and haven't touched it since. The only difference is, is that I will, no matter what I'm playing, it's just, I just always want to be consistently playing something. So no matter what, I'm always completing right. something, even if something else falls to the wayside. Eventually, if I do happen to get enough time on a game before the next one comes out that I beat it, I could immediately go back and start playing another one. Well, I, I think there are some exceptions though, and I know like once I get like over the halfway point of certain games, I just get way too invested, and then like they suddenly just like become the center of attention. Like this has always been the case. Like I know once I get to like the end game of Dragon Quest Eleven, like who knows when I'll finish that. Like I know like maybe like the last like eight to ten hours of the game, like that's all I'm gonna do until I beat it. Just because I usually just get really into it, and sometimes I'll do like all nighters and just finish it, but. Yeah, I guess now I'm just starting to worry less about completing it quickly and now just taking, letting it take as long as it takes. I think the first half of what you said is actually a really good point you raised, which is about basically time management. There is Yeah, because there's also anime. So, like, how am I going to balance a 100-episode anime and games? Yeah, there's so much content right and now. And movies. And this is just anime. This is still like freaking Western crazy. I still haven't even finished watching... Close enough. Yeah, no, like and here's 12, and here's the problem. 11. Here's the problem. And this is ridiculous. This is something we talked about. Here's how you do it. Here's how you do it. Here's how or you go do ahead, Kevin. I, I have a solution. Yeah, I have a solution. You quit your job. Get a second monitor, Angel. <laughs> Multitask. Get, get a second what? monitor. A second monitor. Oh. Multitask. That, that's how I've been doing it. I've been streaming anime on my second <laughs> monitor and playing games on my first one. Uh, unfortunately, with anime, you do have to watch them dubbed uh because you need your, you there's no way that you're yeah. gonna have to yeah but but a lot of the anime that i watched like i never got dubs either 
No, but but like yeah, honestly, sure. like the thing you're saying, Angel, like this is, and I feel like we sort of touched on this when like Game Pass was first coming a thing, like back when we talked about even on the regular Nintendo is like Nintendo at the end of the day always talks about how they're competing for people's time against everyone else. Um, and I know that's something we've definitely talked about. Reggie said all the time. And, and um, you know, if it's you're playing... The reason I don't get into Legos. Like, Legos are awesome, but... Wait, what? That's also, that's also the reason I don't even get into right, Legos. Right, right, Because, yeah. I mean... But no, like, like... They're like an awesome concept, but, like, they take time. Yeah, and... I barely and, get to do my thousand-piece jigsaw puzzles. And the problem time. is, with every more accessible piece of content, Xbox Game Pass now being the latest example, App Arcade being the latest example... Just owning a PC makes being owning a PC and having Steam sales where you stock up on twenty games you'll probably never play is an example. But like you know, because they're all on sale. Um, this idea that like you know we only have so much finite time, but everyone's pumping out all this really good content, and you have to start picking and choosing, and it's gonna cause content, other content, to fall on the wayside in a detriment. Like look at what Netflix is doing. They used to like greenlight uh, a ton of shows, and they give them a chance, and they grow. Like BoJack was a slow burn that became a big thing. Now they cancel things left and right because if they don't hit whatever threshold they need to hit, it's not worth their time. But it's going to be harder and harder for them to hit those necessary thresholds because everyone's going to get more and more splintered and niche and subsets of people that do more and more different things because everything is now like we're in the golden age of everything. So it's really hard to ensure like the audience size of like who watched like the Friends finale. There's no chance at all. That there will ever be an audience like that on TV. Game of Thrones is probably the last hurrah of something like that. The, like the idea of like water cooler talk, where everyone's like gathered around a single show, is going to be so few and far between. What used to be so standard because there's so many shows and so many things. Games are going to have to, and I know I made this point before, but like especially Apple Arcade, where they pay out based on how much it's played, they're going to have to start doing the same psychological trip uh, tricks as like free to plays, except without the money. But all that like sort of gambling mentality stuff because they need to keep you engaged over you going and doing something else with your time because that's the way they get paid. So we're going to start seeing like a bit of homogenation of content. We're going to start seeing a lot of more interesting, unique niche things probably fall to the wayside. It's going to be weird because everything – I don't think we've ever had so much stuff at our fingertips just ready to be engaged with and yet not enough people on any one thing because there's just too much. It's like it's so – diversified now it's actually almost like a hindrance like close enough got renewed for a second season on hbo max which is awesome but like is it like gonna get a third seat like well you know what's gonna happen in a year from now if some other cartoon comes along from some other creator is it gonna steal the eyes close enough there's only so many people that have time to watch both like it's 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 much it's gonna be much more cutthroat for individual properties and shows and games and whatever yeah. it's gonna be weird is what i'm, I'm sure my my Steam isn't as bad as other people's, but I say that I have 36 games installed, but I've only played 26 of them. And just looking through these, I know I've only beaten, well, a lot of them are multiplayer games, but I know I've beaten maybe like 10 of them. But That backlog is just going to get worse, my friend. I'm just going to tell you now. <laughs> I was debating yeah. whether to buy Skyrim the other day, and I was like... <laughs> I know I'm not <laughs> Wait, going to how do you not already own that on yeah, some how do you not have platform? it on like seven different devices by now? It's on every it's literally just, on microwave, I, I bet. <laughs> I just I just never bought it. And it was on sale for fifteen bucks and I was like, I'm going if I buy this, well, I know I'm never gonna play it. I'm just I'm not gonna install it. It's just gonna be in my in my log. But should I still buy it? 
just to say you have it, man. It, not even to, to to impress who I don't know. Oh, yeah, you I tell Skyrim me on PC. You tell me. I'm never touching that thing. <laughs> But yeah, and, and by the way, the whole content thing, another angle I didn't even think of, think about how big and diverse the podcast market is now. I mean, we're one of them, oh, but God, like yeah. everyone has a podcast. Every celebrity is getting mm-hmm. a podcast. Like that's – and those are long. We're at two hours on ours right now. Ours typically are that long. Like that's a huge time commitment for people. Thank you to everyone who's actually powering through this. Appreciate it. But no, seriously, like that's that's two hours that you're not spending watching a show, playing a game, building a puzzle, building Legos, you know, whatever it is. It's 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 media overload is frankly what it is. I only played seventy four hours of Leopard Two. Thought it was more. Guess not. Hmm. Yeah, well, unless uh, <laughs> unless we got more, uh, I think that'll do it for this episode. Hey, look at that two hour mark exactly. Just yeah, hit. Um, let us know what you think about the podcast either in the comments or on our Twitter at Random Nintendo Com. Subscribe to our podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Pandora, Google, Stitcher, mm-hmm. uh, TuneIn, uh, or whatever other podcast app tickles your fancy. Spotify. Uh, on YouTube, we are RandomNintendo.com. What? So who has Random Nintendo? Some dude who had a picture of Luigi as his avatar, and the videos were like, look, I'm playing Luigi's Mansion. It's like 20 seconds long or something like that. I don't remember. It's a long <sighs> time ago. Just off of them. Not, yeah, with, strong, well, not, with strong not, armor. Not by, Listen, I watched like, Strong Arm a Child. That's the last time that, that they uploaded something. I don't know. We might yeah. be able to steal it back. But at the time that we set up ours, it was taken. That's, that's all I'm saying. Yeah, because I, I've been trying to get the... Uh, I've been trying to... I forgot what what handle on Twitter I was trying to get. I think it was just Kevin Gomez, like, just entirely spelled out. Not KVN Gomez. Mm-hmm. Follow me on Twitter. Um, <laughs> and that dude hasn't tweeted in forever. I remember Twitter saying that they were going to... Um, that they were going to release some old, inactive some old accounts. handles, uh, yeah, some inactive accounts. Oh, that's gonna be cool. So it's oh, but you kind of reach a point where like your identity is now the new account almost. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like I feel like sure. I feel like I wouldn't change if JSR opened up instead of JSR seven. Follow me on Twitter. I wouldn't change it. Also, it looks like random Nintendo might no longer exist on Twitter. It might be, I mean, on YouTube, we might be able to steal it. I will look into that. Yeah. Wait, now that I've said yeah, it on air, someone's going to steal it and hold it ransom and make us go, pay. Go, 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 go. Well, well, now you just got to do it tonight. I guess so. I guess so. Uh, Please do it. I guess so. Uh, there you go. Uh, that was Jason's. Uh, Angel is Wero. Uh, at W-E-I-R-O underscore Big O. Uh, there you go. I always thought it was zero for some reason. Like, like bef- before, before, uh. Before getting to getting to know COVID. you, I would see your no. <laughs> I, I would see like your uh, your Twitter handle every now and then uh, from your brother, and I was like, "Is that a zero or is that no?" It's like it's like One it's day, like a it's like a him. startle face. So it's like where oh, right? Yeah, it's a little face. Yeah, but it's like the startled yeah. eyes. So it's it's yeah. So you put emotion, where oh, oh that works. It could be interpreted in many ways. That's how I interpret it. And with that, uh, <laughs> Jason takes out. It's coming soon, Ram Nintendo, no com on YouTube. <laughs>